Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Honest Abe, for this week's episode of Game A Talk Radio, number 452, and I am broadcasting from sunny South Florida, along with my trusted gang, the Italian scallion, the man that we know as Shameless Paul. And, <laughs> and also with us this morning, as always, the GOAT. What's up? How many nicknames am I going to get? As many nicknames as you keep falling into, my friend. <laughs> I kind of like Shameless Paul. Although me and Paul were putting in some extra day. hours last night. We were. We were. We were. It was, a, it was a late night for me. Was it? What was it? I mean, we left 10. 10. Oh, wow. No, we left I didn't get here. He didn't get here till 8, so. Oh, well, that's why. That's a whole other Se- thing. No, I got there at like 7.30, but then I, you know, I was chacking, chatting chacking. with people. Chacking? Chacking. chacking. First of all, you were chacking yeah. with that. Thank you, sir. What that? So we'll grant you that. It wasn't people. It was Anna. But No, you know, and some other people up at the bar. Yeah, they don't know. Oh, but, man. No, they don't know who I am, but I'm a, I'm a personable guy. I, I like to, you know, uh, speak to my fellow man. That's nice. true, too. He's a, he's a, he's no, Paul is a nosy guy. Is he? Mm. We Paul, were talking about it a little bit last Paul, night. Paul, the, the Paul people is that fascinate me. Asked shameless questions. I mean, mostly we were just talking about Abe because he wasn't there, but that's another thing. That's true. Yeah. Nice. I thought you might be in Disney. We did. We weren't sure. We weren't no. sure. No. no. We figured if you weren't here this morning, if you were remote, you were in Disney, but you weren't no. remote. Right. So you weren't in Disney. No Disney trip that's it that's that was bad. paul's guess and i don't ask so that's paul's guess for everybody i just spent the day with the kids they had spring break ah, I mean, it was an educated guess it was i barely saw my week that's it what was, i said that's what i figured that's what i figured an, it wasn't an educated guess i asked paul one question this week and you walked in probably saw something on my browser and you guys right. are goopy. no but i said yeah, no there's, actually there's i said exactly what you said i said he's probably just hanging with his kids between you know great smoke he's been absent for two months and it's spring break we went to extreme go-karting in Fort Lauderdale. You ever been there? Is that at uh I've heard about it. In Pompano. Is that is it just go-karting or is that that big action park Dude, place? It's it everything. Called? It's everything under the sun. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's cool. First off, it's not just go-karting. It's like right. three levels of it. They got like pro, yeah. which they time you and you race other people. It's badass. They got like junior and they got cadet, uh, cadet, and they have junior, which is good for like Carmine and, and Asher. Only problem is Asher was the only one on the track, but he enjoyed zipping around. Um, um, I would love that. You can see it off a night. It's like it's like Fort Lauderdale Pompano. It's Pompano, yeah. yeah. They got a trampoline a park, commercial or something, arcade action park. They got, a, uh, they got a, a, a 
roller skating rink. They got, I mean, they got everything there. Everything. They got a workout mm-hmm. if you want to work out. I mean, they literally got did everything. Did you roller skate? Uh, they did. I didn't. I used to, but my feet outgrew like rental shoes. I'm sure they oh, have. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. My my feet wow. pretty much my pre- feet pretty much ended me roller skating or skiing. You mm. can't. They what? Is it because you need a wide shoe, or is it because I have, it's too I have a, a foot? quadruple E? So yeah, I need. A, <laughs> okay. I need a big shoe. Yeah, the Though quadruple I, I, E thing might be the problem. I was almost tempted to buy a pair of binders once and my own skis to go back skiing because I used to really enjoy skiing. I've never done it. Great. Yeah. Great. My thing. wife and her family love it. They I mean, they listen, love it. I snowboarded once and I almost died. I won't snowboard, but I would ski and I, I would I would love to do like a uh, winter Tahoe trip, you know, and take them skiing one year. We probably will. Maybe when they get a little bit older. We just went to the Poconos when we were up in New York for a couple nights to do like snow tubing. But they do snow tubing like the real deal. Like you go up on the on the little like uh I don't know what it is, people mover escalator type thing with your tubes. Slide ski down. Lift? Well, it's not a ski lift because I thought I think of ski lifts as the like gondolas, right? You know, so where are you going up? An escalator? Yeah, it's like a, a flat, okay. like they have in the airport. You know, the, like, the flat, okay, so but it goes up like the hill. It's uh, actually really cool. Just prepare to drop like Disney style money there. Oh, really? I, I think you pass it on 95. I, mean, I, I got it's four. It's that big place. All, yeah. yeah I got four yeah. kids. My, my two oldest daughters bought a friend. So it's like, yeah, it was brutal. Oof. Yeah, yeah, it was a brutal day. But they had fun. And I barely got to see them spring break. I, I took them to a movie once. And we took them. I took the day off actually yesterday. I spent the whole day with them. But uh, what, what movie? We, oh, yeah. You saw it. We posted it. The Batman movie. I caught a lot of slack for that. Did. I saw Juan Juan Cancel commenting actually. Geek. I mean, I mean, Juan's a geek. I mean, you know, it, it, listen, it, it just it just wasn't a good movie. Nobody in my family liked it. None of them. I don't know you, but you're the only so far. You're the only negative review I've I've seen. I, I, I agree with Alex. On the same on the same note, I haven't seen nobody raving about it, other than the comments in retort to mine. No one's been saying go see it. You need to go see it either. So I mean, look, it's gonna it's gonna appeal to the real comic book guys you know but you have to remember man movies like this aren't made for just for comic book guys it needs to have mass appeal it was um it was one it was really long three hours so i mean outside of outside of performances that were amazing by um colin farrell as the penguin he was great i didn't even know he was the penguin until after the movie i i kept saying whoever played the penguin was amazing um, and then you see his name there. That's and and cool. the guy who played the guy who played the Riddler was good, um, but it was just too long a storyline, and it was kind of like steampunk Batman. I mean, I just can't get so if you really like Twilight Batman is if, just, if you're like I most of the adjustment. If you're like most of the culture who's kind of followed Batman and not really like hugely into comic books, it was it was very steampunk Batman. Like his suit looked like it was steampunk. It was like you know built by him. You know, the, the Batmobile looked like it was built by him. His Batcave looked like somebody's garage, man cave, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was just an awkward, weird Batman. Not that it was, you know, it, it just wasn't appealing. You know, it just wasn't appealing. It was, it, like Wes said, it really was an hour too long for the movie. And I think sometimes you try really hard to say we're going to make something great. And I think that's what they did. They just overshot and tried to make something great. 
Pattinson wasn't a bad Batman. He was just a, look. I feel the same way though. If you play Batman, yeah, he doesn't seem tough like a Batman. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something historically outside of Christian Bale. Every time I heard someone was going to be Batman, I said no way. Right? I didn't think Michael Keaton was going to be a good Batman. You know, right. I, I, I didn't think. Uh, um, what's his name? The last Batman, Ben Affleck. I thought he was going to be an oh, awful Batman. Batman. I mean, he may not have been a great Batman, but he was an awful Batman. But playing Batman, like, it's got to be, be such a tough role to do because you're, you're going to be compared to everybody before you. Oh, and there's so many people that have played, especially in saying. cinema. So it, it's really, really a hard role. But he's a different Batman. He's like an emo Batman, you know? Ugh. He talks only in whispers. It was, it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't a bad rendition of Batman. It just wasn't my favorite. You know, I think Christian Bale is still going to go down as my favorite Batman of all of them. You like Christian Bale better than Michael Keaton? Yeah. It's two different Batmans. Wow. Yeah, Christian Bale was close. I did not like Christian Bale as Batman. I loved those movies. They were very well done. Everybody in it were great. was great. I just couldn't get past that Batman voice. I just didn't like it. The, uh, hello, I am Batman. Well, wait till your Patterson like, Batman voice. It's a whisper. Really? I talk everything in a whisper. Uh. But, um, yeah, out of all of them, I think he's the one that I enjoyed the most. I, not that I didn't well, enjoy I, any, I, Not that I didn't enjoy any of Keaton's Batmans. Keaton was a good Batman. But the the Christian Bale Batmans were more more Dark Knight Batman, and I think the Michael Keaton were, were more Adam West Batmans. You know what I'm saying? Keaton was a good Bruce Wayne. Yes. That's actually a great uh, observation, Allison. There's never been a good Bruce Wayne and Batman in the same movie, so they either play one or the other well. I guess I guess I could see that. You know what, though? If you're going to be Batman and you have all that pressure of all these other people doing it for you, you know what everybody's going to say anyway? Even if you were terrible, they're going to be like, well, I wasn't as bad as Val Kilmer. Everybody seems yeah. to hate well, Val Kilmer. Yeah, not only everybody hate Batman, most people forget he was even a Batman. Right. I, see, I like that movie with Jim Carrey. I, I mean, yeah, he was a dopey is Val Kilmer like the Jim best Batman? Barry, and wasn't that like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that one too? Yeah, yeah. I didn't like as Mr. Freeze. I didn't like Clooney's yeah. Batman. Uh, yeah, he was forgettable. Clooney, Clooney. Clooney was terrible. I didn't think he was terrible, but as he was forgettable. Yeah. Definitely forgettable. Yeah. Listen, I love the man. I think he's. I think he's hilarious. I think his Clooney? The pranks that he pulls. Yeah, I mean, oh, Clooney is one, I, of, I just, one of my favorite actors. I can't I speak mean, bad. One of my favorite yeah, movies. I can't of all speak time bad. About brother, where art thou? It's a great movie. The soundtrack's great. really good. It soundtrack's, actually got me into soundtrack's got good. me into bluegrass. Soundtrack's good. Dialogue's good. Writing's phenomenal. Acting stellars. That's in all my life. That's probably the movie that I've watched repetitively the most times by far. Probably three times more than any other movie I've watched more than once. Which movie? Oh, brother, where art thou? And I seldom watch a movie more than once. Seldom. That's weird. I see. I, when I like a movie, I like. I get fixated on it. I'll watch it all the time. I, I do I, that with TV shows too, though. I seldom watch a movie more than once. But when Old Brother Where Art Thou came, anytime I turned the TV on, it was on. I just left it on. It was that enjoyable of a movie. And literally, some of the best writing I've enjoyed in, in movie genres. Brilliant. I think Alex, Alex, and I will agree that The Godfather is that. For me, at least, I'm assuming for you too. If The Godfather is on, I put it on, watch it. No, 
So St. Patty's Day, no. man. What did you guys do on? No, because you, oh, the God, the Godfather. What a, what a segue. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because we, I, I, I knew there was something we had to get to because there's some reason to torture Paul in this. I remember that from the meeting. Oh, but Christ. the Godfather. There's two movies. There's two movies. The Godfather and Shawshank Redemption. It's on fucking TV, on some channel, 24 hours a day. Somewhere yeah. has it on right now. Both of them. So anyway, St. <laughs> Patty's Day. We had a reason to torture Paul about St. Patty's Day, I remember. It was about Why? What did I? I don't what know. Did what, you, was... what did you do for St. Patty's oh, Day? Oh, what did you do? I know. That's right. I think I, I went. I went to our neighbor's house. Who were, they were having a little potluck dinner. We brought think, all the kids. It was I a think, couple I of think, neighborhood people. I think your exact words were you drove to your neighbor's house. Yes, <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, because they live on the other side of the lake here. Oh, so, so you, you drove know. to people that lived in your community. I drove the golf cart. Yes, that's what you're trying to get out of me. Yes, the golf cart ride. Loaded I, have a, golf I have a picture of their driveway, which doesn't reflect exactly oh, how many golf carts there were. You bought a picture. Well, it's going to take me a second to get up there. But I mean, what, I, what's my, wrong with that? I, I'm in my community. Well, I, I don't. It's. I guess. I don't know. I think my point, Nate's point, was I've never been in any of my neighbors' houses. None of them. Zero. Not one. Ever. Actually. Actually, recently, actually a couple months ago, it was a kid's birthday party, and I ended up having to go inside and sing happy birthday. But that's. Yeah, that's I, why I've been. That's when I was mostly. actually. I was investigating that big truck that they had. Yeah. With the foam and whatever, so I was kind of looking at this. I'm like, this is an awesome birthday thing, and um, I ended up getting dragged inside to sing happy birthday. <laughs> Our parade. I can't get the picture. What, I don't, what is Bill? What is Bill Ragone saying? I think he's talking about maybe St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's parades. Oh, they're the worst. So it continues. Oh, because he's half Irishman. Okay, I can see that. I used to avoid being in the city because I used to work on the weekends and the weekdays. Like whenever there was a parade, that those would be my personal days off. I hated everything about parades. So. Did they use? I'm trying. I'm trying to determine if Kevin Shahan spelled "heinous" wrong on purpose. Your heinous. <laughs> More like his anus. Yeah. <laughs> so did they use? Did they use? This was a community dinner. No, it's listen. There's why a couple of. Invited? I'm going to tell you why. There's how a couple you know, of how moms. Do you your neighbors on the other side of a lake. Yeah, I don't I'll know. I'll tell you. It's very simple. It's very simple. My like my children go to a preschool that many of the children in this neighborhood go to, and we've become friendly with one of the parents or a couple of the parents. So they invited us over. They said, "Hey, we're gonna do like a little potluck. You know, bring a bring something Irish." And we brought Steffi made Irish soda bread. You know what? You know why I love my wife because she, she doesn't, doesn't make you do that stuff. Attention. Like if like I, you, my wife, we got kids in our neighborhood who go to kids with our school. I mean, obviously they have friends that come over and whatnot. But like, if there's like an invite in the community, my wife doesn't even bring it to my attention. I don't even have to know about. Yeah, it. Yeah, but she goes. No, sometimes, but not really. Yeah, She'll no, do. I gotta say, Mercer, you know, like yesterday, Mercer was like, "Hey, you know, Elise invited us for dinner on Sunday." I said, "Who?" She said, "Not you." I said, "Okay, yeah, sure, go ahead." Right, but it's typically not dinner. It's kids play dates or she'll go drop the kids off and hang out with the mom for a little bit but yeah yeah that's what we do and that's how we know these people all right this is their house you're in their house bro yeah but you're going yeah you're in their house this was the this, these were the golf, golf. It's a, it's a, and it there's was three a golf more cart thing. look at it that's why 
That's it was every. There's three more in the street. Did you did you feel your golf cart was inadequate compared to the rest? No, I have a really. I have a. Mine's only a year old, so no. Seaters and. I wanted a six seater. You can't get them. It's unbelievable. The the golf cart market's like your your truck, Abe. You you people people get them like shipped from like California and Arizona to to get them. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Cool as a golf cart is, I will take our fucking rickshaw driver last week (laughs) over any golf cart. I'll put him against anybody. And Rick, I mean that dude was Alex actually, the Renaissance out, Alex actually freaked out at one point because he. Did I like, mean, bro, this guy was whizzing. In a rickshaw. I got, you know, in between in oncoming traffic. Oh yeah. He was Wait, where did you take a rickshaw? Renaissance fair, bro. Where else? At the Renaissance fair, get into the car. Where we Listen, park. if you get there before and, eight a.m., you got to park thirty miles back. So you might as well pay the guy uh, twenty bucks to take the rickshaw. I tell you what was a miracle, though. Believe it or not, I lost my cell phone at the Renaissance Fair, and we this found it. This was teamwork at its finest. Getting this found it. Can you How did you find it? Thousands of people find I my found iPhone? it in a grassy knoll. How about that? There was no find my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> so, Literally, so we're, we're leaving the Renaissance Fair. We take the rickshaw. The rickshaw drives us. Like, it's a main road, so he drives you at the end of your where you park. So after he drives us, we had to walk. I don't know, maybe a block or two down a grassy knoll to get to our car. We get to our car. And when you say a rickshaw, a guy like uh, pedaling, right? Pedaling with me, Alex, and our two boys on there. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. That poor man. He was flying. Hitting it. He was flying. So um, we get to my car, and I realize I don't have my phone. I'm like, fuck, I left it in the rickshaw. So we get back out, and now we're trying to find this rickshaw guy. First of all, total luck of the fucking draw. That we even found the guy. First rickshaw we saw was him. Literally, we're, we first off, it took us a while just to even figure out how to get to the main road. Right, we get to the main road. We start, <laughs> all the way, we start driving back to the entrance where we rickshawed from, and the first guy oncoming is the dude. We wave him down. We tell him, "Hey, Dad, leave my phone." He he makes his couple get up. He's looking underneath the cushion. He's look, yeah, he was cool about it. He really. Wow. So so um, not there. It's not there. I'm like fuck. So the only thing I can imagine is because I remember having it when I left. If it's not in the rickshaw, I must have dropped it. The only way I could where I could drop it and not hear it or notice it was on a grass. And I remember at one point my son had his bag of cotton candy open and I was reaching yeah. to get it. So I was probably fumbling with my hands. I said, let me drop this. We go back to try to find the exact spot where it dropped us off. And we got we figured it out. And then I parked my car and I just started walking the grassy knoll. And Alex just kept calling, calling my phone. It. And sure enough, found a phone. It was mind-boggling, but we took it. Wow. We took it. Man, that, that ruins a day. I remember I lost my phone coming back from vacation at the airport. Coming back. Oh. It ruins your trip, man. You got to come yeah, back. And yeah, that ruins trip. the whole thing. Oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. Have you ever lost it where you didn't find it? Like, you, did you try to find my iPhone? Back, I think we were coming back from the TAA. We're in Mexico. And... We, 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 we were going into the airport and they had like, you know, a, a half wall there, you know, and I put my phone on top of the half wall because my wife was doing something in the luggage. We walked into the airport. I'm telling you, man, it wasn't 15 seconds. And I realized I left my phone. I went back. That phone was oh, gone. The ringer was off. It was done. It was the gone. Somebody's looking, like, somebody's looking for those things. Oh, yeah. yeah they just, it was so fast. Somebody must have wa- saw me put it up there. Somebody right. saw me put it up there and just saw me walk away. That's how fast because it was so like obscure of a spot. Have you ever cracked the phone? Oh yeah, like the screen. Yeah, sure. Really? Once maybe. Oh, once. I've, oh, I've done it at least three times. Not once. 
Really? On these new I cracked my phone Marissa, so bad. Marissa cracks her phone like every other month. I just don't understand well, how. I crack my protective screen. Yeah, my wife too. I crack my protective screen yeah. regularly. Yeah, I got and, and listen, I don't you're not I don't know what it is, but you're you're not a professional qualified bartender unless you have a phone with a completely cracked screen. That's all yeah, what is it with that? <laughs> I don't know, bro. But it, I mean it sounds like phone. a fun funny and it sounds like a dig, but go see your local bartender. I guarantee her phone screen is cracked. It just is what it is, and I don't know why. It, it was just and, there, and it's like spider web cracked. Like, yeah, it's spider web. Yeah. Absolutely right. I and I see people using his phones with like Eight gajillion cracks in it, it would yeah. drive me nuts. Right. They cut. They it can cut you too. I cut my thumb yeah, on of one of the when you used to have to slide to open. I cut my thumb on an old phone that was cracked. Yeah, it would drive me nuts. I get, if I have one crack across it, it'll drive me nuts. I don't know how they use that. Like it's shattered into a million pieces. Right. There's a blue it. wine strip going <laughs> down the right side. <laughs> I swear I don't know how they use it. Yeah, I've never. I've never uh, lost a phone completely, but I did recently lose all of my keys and I, we still haven't found them. And when we returned my wife's car, I thought that like the keys were like 300 bucks to replace $700. We were charged for my key that was wow. missing. Keith. However, for the her car, because I had her car key that was missing, my car key that was missing, my house key, wow, my everything. Their keys wait, are just wait. gone. You traded your car? We turned in the lease. We turned in the lease. No, I only key. had one. No, they know they give you two. You got oh, turn. It doesn't well, work that uh, way. Thank you, Steve Brooks. He doesn't know his head from his ass. No, I only had one. Here it is. Oh, I, I, I listen. I'm going to tell you, Steve Brooks. He probably just paid it. I'm telling you, he does. So, that. so that yeah. happened to I me a, actually. This guy's a, a friend of ours. My one key right away because I, I right. know I'm gonna, I'd lose it. I'll tell you what I'm yeah. shocked by, and I think this just recently happened to you, but I am shocked that I have yet to lose an AirPod. Wow, yeah. I haven't lost the AirPod. They have that little case. I recently lost the whole thing. <laughs> I recently lost the whole thing. It's right during yeah. the oh. I'm shocked I haven't lost an AirPod yet. I Sometimes I got to spend a half an hour finding them. You know what I find hilarious them. about the AirPods? Yeah. It's like they're designed. I don't know if you've noticed it, but if you drop them, they like explode. Like your AirPod lands they pop out. away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. It's like it yeah. blows them out of the sockets, and you're yeah. like, where the yeah. frick did this ear AirPod go? Yeah. It's gone. I, I still have held off on AirPods. I have the these Bose ones that I use because I feel like the sound is better. It may be, I but I, I wear them in bed, and I don't, just don't think that's going to be comfortable in bed. I like this to No, it's not. This is not comfortable at it's all. It's too big. Yeah. In bed. Wow. Yeah. But the sound sounds good, but I, I don't know. I'll get AirPods eventually because I'm a sucker. Eventually, they've been out like for four years. I know. Ah, when they come out with the, the third time, generation. By the time you have AirPods, they have built in stuff. You just sink it in your ear by the time you get AirPods. <laughs> All right, it's that time. Uh, we got a probably a pretty jam packed, exciting show today. Speaking uh, of technology. Speaking of technology and the man with uh, servers that he ships in body bags. Uh, <laughs> let's get our let's get our meet your maker on. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Mr. Macedonian. I like that body bag comment. 
Bro, probably. Did, we ever, did you? Did we ever even plug that thing in? No. Still it's it's going to sound like an airplane taking off when it powers up. <laughs> Listen, how do you forget the guy who gives you your first like body bag experience? <laughs> well, I've seen some of your employees, man. I figured you never saw one. <laughs> and I'm almost afraid to ask, why do you have access to body bags? I got one in the garage somewhere around here. There you have it. Yeah, I mean, you never. Well, when Ristafari happens, sometimes somebody goes down, so he's got to be prepared. That that was one of the plans, honestly. Is like when someone passed out, we were gonna put him in a body bag. Just Can you imagine waking up in a body bag. <laughs> oh my god, that would be the best prank ever. But that I mean, that person's scarred for life. Only I wouldn't have to worry be about than that. Waking up in a coffin, I guess. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's better than a, it's better than a bathtub full of ice. That's Ooh. true. Oh, that's true. That's true. I don't, I don't think you're waking up in a bathtub full of ice. I think you're waking up going into a bathtub full of ice. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Because if you're waking up in a bathtub full of ice, you are really fucked up. Well, if you wake up in a bathtub full of ice, you're probably missing a kidney, I think. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. So, Ristafari, just, it just happened recently? Yeah, last last Saturday. So, tell us about Ristafari for any of our listeners who don't know what exactly Ristafari is. Uh, it's, it's a gathering of the finest pit trolls on the internet uh, and all Facebook. <laughs> Uh, what it is, it's just an event I throw. It's like a more of a give back. Uh, it's, I cook a ton of food, do a bunch of cigars like super cheap. You know, it's, it happens once a year. Uh, I think this it sucked this year because of the weather. It was like 27 degrees. Oh, you know, so oh. I, mean, I, I still had, you know, a 40 by 40 foot tent, you know, heaters. It was actually hot inside the tent, but just outside, you know what I'm saying? It was just cold. And you do this on your property. Uh, no, this is at a shop, but next year I'm doing it in the fall and it will be on my property. I'll have like a couple pigs on a you know, roaster going on and something different, you know. And how many people come down for this? Uh, this year it was about 100. That's uh, a lot of people, man. I, I got a big, pretty big property. Uh, the best year when it was the warmest, about 300 people showed up. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, you, and this you is never know what's going to happen. It's just like, a, I mean, you know, you're selling stuff, but it's a, just a gathering of friends. Yeah, and I mean, what it is, it every, everyone, yeah. Like, let's hang out together, party, and I mean, some, people yeah. show up for uh, people, people start showing up Wednesday, man. So I was kind of hosting since Wednesday night. Not when they start tailgating oh, outside of your house. Yeah. yeah. I, now, now, is it always in March? Uh, this was the last year in March. Yeah, it's because the original first one, the first group of guys that came, one of the came to come down hang out with me. Uh, the first, we call them the OG nine. Uh, they came down. There was nine guys. The very first one, it was just nine guys that called me and said, Hey, we want to hang out with you for a day. And like, you're like the meeting point. It was guys from West Virginia and guys from Minnesota. And they just showed up and we had a great time. And what it was, was at, those nine guys just started telling everyone like, yo, we had a really fucking cool time with this guy. And just people just people show up in the following year. Same people come, but they always bring one or two people. You know, that's so just, what happens. Yeah. Yep. That's how the great does uh this does Quentin Nation sleep on your couch? Uh I and there was one year I think he couldn't walk for like four hours. I should have made you grab the twenty dollar bill he still owes me. Oh, that's true. I should have put made a bounty on him again. I would have sent it to you. I would I would have we would have put him in a body bag. He owes me twenty dollars. <laughs> Dude, it's we would a body, body bag, bag with just a twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, I think the guy's never going to come to a smoking function just to avoid giving me the twenty dollar bill. I can see that. 
<laughs> I mean, he li he lives like five hours south from me. So, so how many we're, years we're is getting party been going on? Uh, the first one I kind of don't count is a gag, but this was the sixth year. Well, yeah, yeah. got a track going good. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, I see a lot good. about it. People always post about it. People always look forward to it. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 drinking going on. There's a lot of you know cigar smoking going on. I think there's a card game that went on for like 19 hours or something, like Friday into Saturday, you know. So it's just like, don't do that, Chris. Thor'll just set you up and send a 20 just to make 30 bucks. Right. Yeah, that's true. He's don't probably gonna he's probably gonna cash at me right now, 20 bucks. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy who shaved his own eyebrows to try and win a bounty. Let's not forget that. Yeah, I put a bounty on him. He found out about it. He shaved. That was Lance Ristafari, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he literally uh, he collapsed and couldn't walk for like four hours. So he just sat he just sat against the back wall and was drinking for the four hours he couldn't walk too. So, <laughs> so you know, Lazuna Palooza has become known for busting chairs, right? In fact, this year I saw someone ship their own chairs. Yeah, uh -huh. Lazuna Palooza. So is your 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 events kind of really tied to a lot of hijinks going on? A lot yeah, of uh, out, a lot of marking up people, a lot of guys. Yeah, pretty, pretty wild there. Yeah. Uh, last year, uh, so like the tent, the chairs, I get it from my brother. My brother owns like probably one of the biggest rental companies out here. And day after the event, his wife texts me and she's like, how did you break nine fucking chairs? And I, go, I go, you saw the guys that were there. I mean, come on. You know, so uh, it, it goes on. You know, I mean, uh, one year, one guy, I mean, Steve Sacco tell you one of the best stories at, at the event of, you know, a chick puking like everywhere around him oh God. and Sako was trying to eat the whole time and his chick was just puking everywhere around him <laughs> but it didn't gotta, stop him i guess i gotta know what what it and Sokka for going there i really do because i'm gonna be honest with you, man I, it's kind of an event that like i kind of would like to go to but just not sure if i want to be there I'm, not, I'm too afraid of what may end up happening uh he, <laughs> he, he, he pulled he pulled up and uh Two of the guys that went to go see him, they, they're like, dude, I think Sako's about to pull a gun on me in the parking lot. It's just how we looked. <laughs> but no, it's, it, it doesn't seem like his scene. He had a great time, dude. He he was there longer than I was. I mean, I, I was I was hammered. And uh we know Steve. When Steve drinks, he talks. And you know, so when he got there, when he got there, I know he's a big scotch guy, so I had a bottle of scotch. Uh it was a Belvini, uh it was a it was a super rare one. And uh me socking like four other dudes chugged it before I allowed them to go inside the event. You know, so wow. it was it was a good time. But yeah, so there was some drinking. There's a there, there's a lot of things that happened. I mean, one guy passed out twice, and the second time he passed out, he was literally like uh, he was pissing himself at the table outside. <laughs> oh gosh, drunk. Oh, God. And he won a prize, and one guy's like he's knocked out. I was like, well, wake him up. He doesn't win the prize unless he can walk up and grab it. So this guy literally walked into the shop and just like pissed on his leg, grabbed the prize, oh and went back and like passed out. It's it's a good time. Yeah, it's uh, it's not your normal cigar event. I wouldn't even call it like a cigar event, really. You know, it's so, it's it's a fun time. So you, I think, this is your third time on KMA Radio, and you know there are our listeners and fans who don't know your history, Risky. Why don't you give us a quick synopsis of, of how you actually got into the cigar business? Uh, I, I mean, I started off, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a big time Cuban smoker, big time Cuban collector. 
and I was getting into New World cigars at the time, and uh, about a year into it, you know, I'm just, you have a like, hell of a collection. You're just not a collector. Like, I mean, I, I've heard you telling stories. You got like some a retarded collection of cigars. Yeah, uh, I got some boxes. Well, like close summer worth, you know, eight to ten thousand dollars. You know, just for a twenty-five wow. pound box. Uh, I got one box that people have been trying to buy off of me. It's the original release, the Cohiba, the really small one from like '95. No one, no one collected that, and the reason I was told that is because it was like a women's cigar, and so I have people around the world that are trying to finish their uh, original release Cohibas from that year. Yeah, they're just offering me stupid money for that one, you know. But I mean, I'll, I'll I sold half of it, uh, gave it to my kids, and then uh, I got about half left, and I'll sell it. You know, I mean, I'll take one box and buy my kid, you know, cars when they're sixteen or something, you know. So, jeez. Uh, but I wanted to make my own cigar. You know, I thought I, I wanted to make something for myself. And then, you know, I flew down to Nicaragua, made my own blend. And it just it just took off. You know what I'm saying? Like people were like, one of the questions I get asked a lot is like, how did you market your brand? And one guy, one cigar review guy kind of said, said it how I did it. Uh, they said, you've seen what this guy smokes for the past year. Why wouldn't you buy a cigar he made for himself? You know? And I think right, that, right. that year alone, I probably smoked like $40,000 worth of just vintage Cubans, like weekly, daily on Facebook. It wasn't like a marketing thing. It's just what I was just smoking, you know. And it just took off. I got more sales overseas at first. And people in the U.S. were like, well, fuck, if these guys are buying, it's got to be good. And it just took off from there, you know. At first, you were selling directly to consumers, correct? Yes. Yeah. So what I mean. To go from selling direct to consumers to now trying to wholesale and be in retailer brands, that was a big step, no? Yeah, that was a pretty that was a pretty big step for me. I mean, because I was I was it's you know, direct to consumers is money coming in nonstop. Mm -hmm. And but what it was was everyone kept going to their local cigar lounge smoking my cigar that they don't sell. And when I decided to go to stores, I mean, people came to my booth and was like, listen, guys been smoking your shit for two fucking years in my lounge. I'm buying it. I don't care what the price is. You know, I, I never like cold called the shop. I never like set a marketing plan to target shops. So I mean, my, my consumers at that time after going direct to consumer were my marketing guys, you know, and a lot of them were asking, you know, hey, start getting in the shops. So it'd be really cool to walk into a shop, buy one stick or something, smoke it on a Wednesday or Tuesday. You know, it's, it'd be cool to see you finally in stores locally. So it, it worked out well. You know, I mean, it was kind of opposite approach what everyone else does. You know, what was what was your first year you did the trade show? 2016. So 2016 was your first trade show. And then you caught a lot of flack one year at the trade show. Uh, I mean, fuck, I catch flack all the time. I think it was the first time you caught flack. I think I think it was when, um, was it the CBD issue or? The, the CBD issue was, uh, caught me a lot of flack at PCA or IPCPR at the time. Yeah, I can't remember what it was at the time. Yeah, I mean, well, it was great marketing. I mean, I, like I said, I thank Charlie for that one, you know. But they basically said you couldn't advertise it or have it or show it on the floor. I couldn't sell the cigar on the floor, which doesn't make sense because other companies were selling their another company was selling their own cigar with CBD. I don't know if you remember that one company had like that National Geographic of that popular girl. No. In the background. Yeah. But what it was, was everyone kept going to that booth asking for my cigar. 
and they end up coming back to my booth. And so, I mean, what I did, I just invited everyone back to the house I had rented and I'm like, Hey man, I can't sell it here technically, but you're more than welcome to enjoy some steaks and stuff and beer at my house, you know? So it worked out, but it doesn't make sense why I got, you know, they singled me out while six booths over a guy was showing his CBD cigar and everything. I think the timing of having you on the show is, is, is kind of just worked out for us here. I mean, do you feel like you're singled out by the cigar industry? Yeah, 100%. Why do you think that is? Or why do you believe that is? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, all my reviews, not reviews, but like my press releases on half will get pretty much destroyed sometimes. Nugs came out, you know, that, that went crazy. This recent one I did, I mean... Just, you, you might have to explain to some of our listeners who don't know your products, which we'll get into, but Nugs Nugs was the... The first premium cigar infused with CBD in the market. Right. Yeah. So, And then you've come out now with Nugless. Nugless is... Because uh, a, a I had a lot of federal employee customers that were saying, hey, I want to try it, but I don't. It would be cool to taste the blend without CBD, so I released Nugless, which is the, the same cigar without the infusion process. And, and so going back to what, why is it you think, because look, there's a lot of new guys who are up and coming. Why I just, I just do things different. I mean, when I first got into this industry, like people were telling me, it's like, all right, this is what you have to do. This is what everyone else does. And my response was like, well, I, I don't, I don't have to do anything which you're telling me to do, you know, cause they're like, okay, make your cigars. And then now you got to get into shops and market and this. I'm like, I'm going direct to consumer. I was told, Hey, you'll never get in a shop if you go direct to consumer. But that was false. Uh, I do things different, man. You know, I, people that worked with me, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I'm not your normal cigar brand. You know, I, I love I, doing I, it. I was one of those guys who told you that you wouldn't get, I, I didn't say you wouldn't get into any shops. I said it would be very hard to get into shops. Yeah, correct. You know, I mean, some guys will carry the brand, but I mean, if, if a guy's making a, and I tell, listen, I give this, I can't tell you how many times I think I just said it to a couple guys yesterday, the other day, you know, the model of going to directly consumers will always be a positive cash flow, right? You got no overhead. You sign directly to consumers. Your markup is great. Um, hard to build a brand, hard to build a national brand, something that even somebody would acquire because most retailers, if you're going to go that route, essentially you become a retailer. You're a manufacturer. It's a retailer also. So yeah. there's no reason for me to carry a brand. My customers can go online and buy it directly from you. Correct. And you know, if, if you want to be in two, three, four, five hundred stores, it's going to be hard to do if you're going to sell directly to consumer. The problem is selling. The problem is when you go that route, your margins become a lot lower, your overhead, your cash flow, because then you get to the point where now you're not just selling directly to consumers. You're providing cigars to 200, 300 retail doors. Yeah. So your investment of what you have to have on hand grows. And typically in the first five years, if you're having success, you're having major cash flow problems because you have to yeah. buy future yeah, you, product you a year's worth of product in that month you know sometimes yeah it's so that's the dynamic it's 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 a lot harder to make a positive cash flow living when you go that route but there's a big potential upside so i was the one one of the ones that, that had that conversation with you um yeah, in your office I know we talked about it yeah, yeah um do you do you still think that was a good move for you uh i think it was a great move until COVID happened what happened during hmm. COVID that, that affected you that you thought that it, it had negatively affected you? Well, I mean, 90% of the cigar stores closed. Right. And, and the ones that survived were direct, you know, uh, they were selling online. 
I mean, I mean, how many cigar shops are alive right now because they had online presence? Probably all of them. How many are out right now that were true brick and mortar that didn't sell online? They, they probably closed their doors or were hurting, you know. But your 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 short wasn't made up by those who did sell your product online because, you know, everybody kind of knows it's not a secret. Anybody who sold online experienced huge increases across yeah. all brands because people weren't able to walk in their local brick and mortar and buy yeah. cigars. Four or five, four or five times, you know, explosion of growth. Okay, so then why do you think COVID negatively affected you then if, if you had that growth during COVID? Well, I, I'm in a lot of cigar stores that don't sell online too. I'm in but a lot of... I'm in a lot of small pop shops, you know what I'm saying? When they, when they weren't able to go in there and buy it, you don't think they just found it online, whoever was selling it online? Oh, I did. They did. A lot of people messaged me, and I sent them to your site. I sent them to a couple other people, too, you know. But I, I think at that time would have been, you know, I thought about going back, back to direct-to-consumer, like, uh, the April after uh, COVID happened. You know, business-wise, it would have been a good move. It, I would have capitalized a lot more money on it. Sure. I, I, I stay true to I stay true to the people I said, you know, I'm not going back online, you know, because that was my motto when I went back to PCA because I, I went 16. I skipped 17 and went straight to uh, overseas. I think it was 18 when I came back. And my motto was, you know, I'm, I'm done going factory to your door. I'm going brick and mortar around the world. So a lot of your marketing is, you know, pretty on edge, you know, one of them being the, the poster that's on the wall right behind you. Um, I mean, I, I speak and do what I say. I, and I think that's why you have such a uh, loyal fan base. Is a lot of the people who enjoy your blends and cigars appreciate that and enjoy that and like that yeah. and respect that. Yeah, um, it's, it's not a nine to five to me. I mean, if you meet me at 11 o'clock at night, you're going to get the same person in the morning. It's not like a, I go to an event and I put on a face and I leave and it's completely different, which I'll, you know, so there's a lot of people in this industry that are like that, you know? Do you, do you, is being, do you think, or do you like, or do you enjoy the fact that being the way you are, even though it probably does cause you a lot of grief and you feel like you get singled out a lot, do you think that's also brings a lot of attention to your brand and a lot, a lot of reason why you do have such a um, loyal and committed fan base? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do things different. Like when I come in town to an event, a lot of people show up just because they know I like to have a good time. You know, uh, I like just, you know, I do things different. Like I'm edgy, man. You know, it, I try to kind of stay ahead of the, the spirit tip, you know, if not, you're going to be left behind and die with everyone else. You know, do you, do you approach your company as a, as a business or is it more of a passionate hobby for you? Because that's an argument. That's an argument that's brought up a lot, and people really shouldn't get offended because everybody has a different statue statue of where they are in life. Um, you know, I'm a big Shark Tank fan, and I always love when Mr. Wonderful will tell somebody, "You know, you have a hobby. You don't have a business." But you know, you you, right. you have, you're you're a very versatile guy. You're into many other projects. You, um, you have another full time job. Do you look at JSK as a full fledged business, or is it a hobby for your passion? I mean, it's truly a hobby for my passion. I love cigars. It's just something that just exploded that I think would explode. And then I started looking at it more of like a business when I started going into shops. You don't feel that a lot of these things sometimes may negatively ad adversely affect your business. So, you know, it's one of the two things, you know, in your direction, right? You, you can have the freedom to do what you want, say what you want, be how you want. 
and not care when you're approaching something as a hobby, right? Or you know, a hobby for your passion. But when you look at your business growth, do you think that sometimes these things negatively affect you or no? Or are you not even worried about that? Not worried about it at all. My cigars still sell. They, they sell. still sell. But do you, do you, you see, this, this is where the business side of me comes out. Do you look at the people that it doesn't sell to and say you've lost those people because of that? I mean, in this cigar, in the cigar industry, if, if my political views are different from another shop, I mean, I've been kicked out of a country because of a political view. So, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to be like, well, fuck, I fucked up. Let me change my thoughts and views of what it's into something I don't believe in just to gain a sale. I don't care if I lose a sale. I mean, listen, you know, I, I think it gets confused. No one's ever thinking anybody should change their thoughts and views based on anything. It's just how we express those thoughts and views. You know, yeah. I mean, um, when you're out there putting, you know, that big hand thumbs up to the FDA, you know, yeah. are you not concerned about how the FDA re reacts? Because you, no matter where you are in this industry, whether you're you or one of the big guys or guys who've been around for 30 years, the FDA affects us all the same. Eventually, yes. Yeah, I mean, when they when they when they pass legislation or change something, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it it it's not changing by class or size. I mean, it may be harder on smaller guys because what it's going to take to follow regulations can be more difficult. But the regulation is going to be across the whole board. Yeah, I mean, it affects everyone. I mean, it's going to affect the smaller guys a lot more when you know your lawyer is charging you five hundred dollars just to write some fucking paperwork that's going to change in six months, and now you're another five hundred dollars an hour on it. Literally. I've, been, I've, I've been there. It sucks. But, I mean, they really haven't passed anything that's, you know, set in stone yet, so I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Okay. Risky's just going to hack. <laughs> Why do you have such a <laughs> for being a hacker? I've done some things in my life I really don't want to talk public about. Okay. So it's not an unfounded, <laughs> not an unfounded, uh, it's not an unfounded reputation. Uh, I just happen to be able to get more information than others sometimes and see stuff that comes up before people. And I have access to certain security clearances where I work at. I mean, I, I'm good at computers. I don't look like I'm good at computers. I'm, I'm like the, I'm that, I'm that nerd that you would look in a, a, anywhere and be like, nah, that guy doesn't know shit about computers. But in theoretically, if I wanted to, I can walk into your store and anyone's on your Wi-Fi, I can see what the fuck they're doing. And if I want to change all their shit, I could shut your shit down if I wanted to. You know, um, it was a joke the first year I was at IPC, IPCPR. There's a, a brand next to me who was really big into IT security. And we just started talking shit. And I'm like, man, how funny would it be if we pay the $800 the PCA wants us to get on the Wi-Fi, get on the Wi-Fi, and let's take all these orders that come in through the Wi-Fi and make them all zeroed out the next day. How, how you know? Am I capable of doing that? Yeah. Do well, I do that? If you pay me a lot of money, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the first time Risty was on KMA Talk Radio, our whole computer crashed. Like yeah, as we went to go broadcast the show. Yeah. Um, so we were of, we were like ten minutes in or so, or five minutes in, and it, everything like destroyed itself. I didn't do nothing. All I did was just send an email. Out. I was going to be in your show that day. No, no, no. It, it just equipment failure so yeah. we ended up we ended up literally instead of airing at 10 o'clock i think we aired at two yeah because you're like when do you leave tomorrow and i said first thing in the morning and you were exactly like fuck i gotta get a computer bill we, our, our we did that guy, afternoon our web guy came in on his day off went and bought mm -hmm. a computer put it together 
and we ended up doing the show at two in the afternoon. So then Risty to solve our problem says, oh, you know what? I got a server. I'm going to send you a server. Use this. He said, it's a computer that looks like it could take a, a shuttle to the moon. Like we didn't even, yeah. we don't even know what to do with it. I've never seen <laughs> this. This CPU is like the size of a dining room table. Yeah, it's, it's, it's solid know. five feet long. Four, we four look at it every time like we're in the warehouse. Like, oh, what are we going to do with this? I have no idea. In a body bag. It's like giving me a 36-cylinder engine. You know, what are you going to do with it? I mean, the body, the, body, the body bag was a reference that I killed your show. It did kill the show. I think it was, I think it was the most watched episode of KMA in history. It was the second. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, well, who was your employee that fell and knocked off all your cigars like, like the next day or two days later? That, oh, that guy doesn't work for That was in Papano. Yeah. Was done. That was probably the most watched video, but show-wise, yeah. Yeah, that was the most, most watched, watched video ever put out there. That's, I think the only thing that kind of went semi-viral. Yeah, hey, that was that was hilarious. Um, have you I mean, ever considered? Have you ever considered Riste? Like, if I mean, obviously JSK is successful, and and you've got a following. Why why keep the day job? Would you would you get rid of that ever, or is it just too good of a deal that you have? And uh, I mean, just recently they paid me a lot more money to stay. I kind of set up the whole infrastructure for the government, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm home by one thirty every day. Wow. You know, I get to see, like, so I get you can to, see your kids I, off the school yeah. bus and I can do my job anywhere. You know, I think uh, this this is the full second week of work. I've been the past two months. You know, I just work remote from my office, the garage right here. And it's literally a 10 minute drive. Why would I give something up that, you know, they pay me good money and I'm home by one thirty? And, and they're, I'm very flex. They're very flexible with me. They know what I do. I mean, I started I started this company at, at that office. You know, if, if I say, hey, I, I can't be in tomorrow, I got to go fly out to so-and-so to go do the cigar event or whatever. They're like, all right, cool. Just sign in when you can. If you have a problem, we'll call you. So I, I, I'm given the freedom to to do it. I mean, if, if it came down to where it said, hey, you can't do this anymore. You have to work here. Then they, they know. And I've told them plenty of times. I'll leave. I don't have. I've been there 10 and a half years, you know, so. But I, but I run one of the most secure networks in the whole state of Indiana as far as government audited. You know, I had uh, Purdue University came to my network and wondered why the whole state got hacked and we didn't get hacked. And they audited my network and the whole infrastructure. And, you know what I'm saying? I have a pretty good pedigree on that. Is JSK as a company where you want it to be? Yeah, it's still alive, doing well. Is it where you expected it to be? As far as growth wise, I mean, growth, I can't talk about growth because like, I mean, I, I grew pretty, pretty fast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Early on quickly. Yeah. I mean, it, it caught fire and I think, I think I'm doing well as far as, you know, I still get calls from, you know, smaller brands, you know, for like just marketing stuff. And stuff, you know, it's just, I think it's where it's at, where I want it to be. I'm growing. I'm still growing. I still got stuff, you know, in the plans that come out this year, next year and so on. You know, I always look at my own company internally because I, I, I just, you know, it's it's really funny because Alex and I will have meetings about this. I never really look at it as to where I want to grow to. I mean, sometimes I'll make a statement that's like in the next couple of years, we should be here or there. Um, but I actively look at the growth and follow it and at least make sure that we're trending in the right way. Um, and I just don't know me as a businessman. I just figure I, I don't look at it as that that's ever a point where it plateaus. I think of it. If I, I think if I can't continue to find ways for my company to grow, I think that's the time I'm out. I, I think companies that like set milestones and want to hit 
like I need to be at this point at this level at this time. I think they kind of fail because it's in the back of their head. Like every decision they make right now is going to, they're thinking about that milestone when, you know, if you do the opposite, it could get you there faster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, we, I don't, don't, we don't sit like hard, like miles. Yeah. But what we do is continue to think of cool you things. Be, yeah, you want to be progressive. Yes. And we find ways to innovate and do cool things. And then we, then we do watch that growth because that is part of our thing. And I, I mean, think, I think for me personally, if I if I get to the point where I'm unable to do that and unable to keep being innovative and, and, and see the business grow, I think that's going to be a sign for me that my my time has come. Uh, yeah. One one thing one thing I didn't know was going to happen. I got I got I got an award from Dojo for being the most innovative man in cigar like one year. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. I don't. It's the funniest comment, but most accurate. Jerome Wilkers facial structure I inherited from my father. You'll never see my top teeth. <laughs> I can barely show but my he does, but he does have top teeth. I've wondered yeah. the same. He does have it's it's, it's a facial structure for my father. When you see my father smile, it's the same thing. I, I've never noticed that until now, and every time I see him, right. TV me too. Or I've never, now, I, I'm, I'm literally gonna be watching to see your top teeth. <laughs> I, I can't believe that's I can't believe that he actually now. made that comment because that's been a thing my whole life. Like when you see these kids all smile in school photos, they got these big chicklets going on, and I'm just like, Yeah, I can never I never have a teethy smile. <laughs> I go to the dentist and you know, or you show your teeth. It's like he works on your so, bottom teeth only. It's so hard to do. <laughs> and if my head wasn't angled down, you wouldn't even see my bottom teeth after. Oh, that's hilarious! Man. <laughs> yeah, it's a facial no, structure I, I inherited from my father. I, I see. I see my company. Uh, I mean, I, I like it where it's at. I've traveled a fuck ton because of my company. I've, I've met so many people around the world now, where I do other business outside of cigars with too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah, I mean, do I? To, to answer your question, yeah, I like where I'm at. Good. I think that's an important thing about a businessman, yeah. entrepreneur, man. You got to be happy where you're at, you know. And and uh, you know, if you're doing that, in my opinion, regardless of anything else, you're successful. Yeah, and that's, that's how happy, I look at it. You know? Good. So listen, we're gonna have more with Risty. We're gonna talk about the half wheel article from a couple of weeks ago. We got Coop coming on with the scoop Coop this week, and we no. have no, we no don't. Coop this sorry, week. we have no Coop this week. Um, but we do have a new episode of uh, Name That Jam and a very special edition of Tale of the Tape this week, all coming up in hour number two. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Keep it lit. The H. Upman 1844 Classic is a medium-bodied cigar with wonderful flavor notes of toasted almonds, cocoa, coffee, and just a hint of spice. Featuring an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper, you get wonderful aroma notes of sweet coffee and chocolate. Available in a Corona, Robusto, Toro, and Churchill, this is a great time to experience the nuances of nature with the H. Upman 1844 Classic, a shade above others. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. You got me. <laughs> this is uh, kind of where I come to take my breaks uh, to get away from Honest Abe. The solitude in this room is amazing. A great cigar, a great glass of wine from our friends at Bonner Private Wines. You know, right now, Bonner Private Wines has a three-pack sampler of Malbecs that you should really check out. You know, some of the 
some of the vineyards are so high that the grapes are under so much stress that the fruit is filled with so much flavor. There's no additives to it. It goes great with a nice cigar. Argentinian Malbec, the original strand of Malbec. And listen, we can give you a deal. We got. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh. I, I just got your text. I apologize. I hope I didn't leave you waiting. I mean, but you've been in here a while. If you can. I, no, thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. It's just the. It's medical. It's medical. See, you can try this sampler. It's great. Please take my word for it. Go to kmawines.com. You'll get a discount on shipping. You'll get a discount on the package. And then you'll even get a discount, if you like it, on the Wine of the Month Club. And there's other packages that you can buy. But our friends at Bonner Private Wines, they make a great glass of wine. It really is awesome. And KMA listeners get the discount. So why not try it out? What are you doing? You've been waiting for a new commercial. I've been hiding out in here. Someone put a camera in here. Let's go. KMAWines.com. I'll be back in a few minutes, Abe. But guys, guys, seriously, can we get a courtesy flush or something in here? Jesus, people. You're ridiculous. Animals. And there you have it. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. Um, as we mentioned uh, before the break, um, William Cooper won't be on KMA Talk Radio today. Uh, his father john cooper passed away this week and of course um you know he's spending time with his family and uh, we miss him this week we wish him and his family all the best and we're just going to take a moment of silence here for uh william cooper's dad Our best to you and your family, Coop. Yes, sir. So, so Risty, that, we have Risty here. Uh, condolences to Coop and his family. Yeah, Sorry man. To hear, sorry to hear that. Yes, sir. Never, never a, a pleasant experience. So. Uh, never, never a good time. Nope. Well, uh, that being said, before we get into the rest of the KMA show, Risty, we have a special segment um, brought to you by Abu Cigars. It's called Name That Jam, and we're going to ask you to see if you could name that jam right now. segment of a song and we're going to see if you're going to be able to name that jam so paul hit it that was a door <laughs> okay what song uh it's not roadhouse blues give me uh 
People are strange. Is he correct, Paul? Fuck yeah, I'm correct. When you're strange, come out of the rain. When you're strange, no one remembers your name. When you're strange. Wow. Paul, Paul, I don't know if you remember this, but we do have a footer for this segment. That one of these weekends, I hope you'll be able to check it out. Remember, Alex, we? we talked about last time. No, that was the other segment. Both segments. That's the other. Doors, doors, doors are my jam for a long time. He made them for both, or he's yeah, he made them for both. I was pretty sure. I get the other one. Yeah, doors are my jam too. But well, I didn't Rist- know Abe. I don't. I don't have that one. Oh, a huge doors fan. Risty, in fact, one of my favorite performances by Val Kilmer. Oh, that's a great movie. Played one, one of his one of his best works. I, that was a very good movie. Yeah. yeah. Roadhouse um, Blues is my favorite from them. Risty, you have successfully named that jam. This segment was brought to you by Avo Cigars. Thank you, Eddie Guerra. Report of KMA Talk Radio in this awesome segment. And now moving on. I, I expect an AVO box in my house in three days for winning that. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk to Risky about that if they get it right. Maybe we should talk to Eddie about that if they get it right. It'll be cool. That's not a, not a bad idea. No. Well, you know what's funny is some people, some manufacturers actually believe like other manufacturers wouldn't want cigars but you know being in retail i know all these guys smoke other people's cigars oh yeah yeah nobody yeah. wants to eat their own stuff every day you know you, exactly if i had a restaurant i would still go out to other restaurants you know i mean yeah yeah i know people that work in restaurants they have food delivered to them to eat yeah so that's funny all right so the half wheel article so let's okay. let's talk about this this caused a lot of controversy a lot of hype you, you felt like this article basically singled you out I felt so. it was something that he had written. He was waiting for the right time. I mean, it, it was. I commented. It was a well-written article. It was. Well, I mean, it's without a doubt, and I think he mentioned in there. He wasn't trying to sing you out, but your article, your your product was the motivator for him writing this. Take out the fact that you 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 make this brand or nugs or nugless or any of these. What do you feel about the merits of? That what that article said and merits of it's i mean it's all it's stuff that's not set in stone yet i mean it's not is it going to affect their industry one day yes it will so you do I mean, or you don't agree with the, the 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 basically the points that were made in that article i mean whose imaginary line are we talking talking about that i crossed well this is a great point of the debate and a debate that's, that yeah. kind of go, goes on often right do, do we ignore the potential problem until it becomes a problem? Or do we try to avoid it? Like, you know, I always talk with my kids. Like, I know when mom's in a bad mood. And I tell I mean, them, you don't I mean, ask the question now. It's not, you're not, you know, a lot of it is timing. So do, do you feel and do you honestly feel that pouring fuel on a fire is irrelevant until they actually pass the law? Or do you feel that as manufacturers, retailers, or anybody, and I, I'm not, saying my own opinion here i'm literally legitimately asking you um do you feel that we should have a certain responsibility not to put ourselves in the crosshairs and maybe create something that would negatively affect this and let me just tell you something this has been going on long before you long before the last five years this has kind of been going on i'd say for a minimum of 10 to 15 years of products like this um I think what's happened in the last decade is it's become more prolific. More and more people are doing it because consumers seem to be very responsive to it. 
So the question now becomes, are we being responsible? Is there a need to be responsible, Risky? Is, is there a need that, is, whether you're a retailer, manufacturer, um, a consumer, uh, a brand owner, is there a need for us as an industry to be responsible, to be conscious of what's going on, or do you feel there's really no need whatsoever? I mean, it's 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 been coming for a long time. Uh, it's not going away. Uh, the FDA is going to do what they want to do. Be- before I released that cigar and after I released it, nothing's going to change. Uh, as a brand, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm edgy. I just thought it was really good packaging when it came out design. I mean, I was following the market trend of just consumers and what they're buying. You know, a lot of this stuff that's been coming out for the past two years, like hardcore wise. Uh, but like the fact that like what 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 set what rubbed me the wrong way was us. Like I, I'm targeting kids. I'm not targeting kids. Uh, mm-hmm. I just made a product that's going to look better on the shelf versus the other companies that are doing it. I try to stand out. I mean, it, it, if you want to talk about a product that like poked the bear, I mean, the sign behind me that said, fuck the FDA. I think I poked the bear two years ago with that. You know, it's just like, I don't, do believe- I, do I, I mean, I'm not putting like, I'm not putting like kids on the packaging, which some brands have, uh, but I'm going to do what I want to do. I mean, I, I didn't cross, uh, I didn't break a rule or regulation that's in place. It's coming. Anyone that's traveled overseas knows it's coming. You know, it's the rules and regulations for tobacco are, are hardcore. And that's been said years ago. You know, it's coming to the United States. You know what I'm saying? If you want to do something, which I wanted to make a flavored cigar, it's not even really, it's subtly enhanced flavored, you know. I wanted to make it. I wanted to make that cigar before that rule came in place. What, what does subtly enhanced flavored mean? Because I'm just curious, honestly. Uh, I would have sent you guys a bag. I, I, thought, I still thought you guys were in the studio. But when you smoke the cigars, you still taste the tobacco. You get subtle notes of just like an enhanced. It's subtle, very subtle. On the retro, you get, you know, the Rocky Road taste, the chocolate, the marshmallow. But you're still smoking a premium long filler cigar where it still tastes like a cigar. It's not mm-hmm. something that's been, you know, hosed down at the, you know, warehouse, you know, sprayed on, you know, flavoring where you don't get any hints of tobacco. I mean, I, what what flavored cigar in the market right now, when you smoke it, you're going to be like, you know what, this tastes like a cigar. There's really not. It's, it's all or none. So, you know, I mean, no disrespect. So I have to, I hope you understand is is somewhat oh, none journal- taken, bro. It's somewhat of a journalistic show. I have to play a little bit of a devil's advocate. Do, right? do your thing, bro. Ask me anything so, you want. So as a guy who actually went to Capitol Hill and went from these senators' offices to office to office, and the first time I met Marco Rubio, we actually, he made time, sat with a whole bunch of us in his office, who's done that walk, which is a brutal walk. And it's a very depressing walk after you meet these people and talk to some of them. Yeah, because you realize you spend a shit ton of money for something that's not changing. Not even that. It's the, the basic, they don't, some of them just don't care, right? They so, don't give a flight, They don't but, care. Yeah. No, some of them just absolutely don't care. So no. when we're in those offices and we're trying to explain to some of these legislators the difference of, of our product compared to what they are really attacking, we show them packaging. and Because I don't believe, so here's where we get getting a little confusion a company like your product is not landing in any 7-eleven it's not landing in any costco it's not landing in you know any circle k or whatever liquor store around the corner is but let's face it 
lot of these big companies do have product to land in those stores and they exist. We've all seen them. We've all been to a gas station or a 7-Eleven or a Circle K and we saw cigars in there. So, and, 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 and this is something I said, I think on last week's show or the week before, when I say there's more, it's not a few more, there's an exponential amount more of those places and there are premium cigar shops, which don't market the kids at all. We never, I can't remember the last time I've had to card somebody or send them out of my store because they were underage. It seldom ever happens. Right. Yeah. Kids are not walking to a premium cigar shop. But when I tell you there's maybe a couple thousand really, you know, A level, B level premium cigar shops, and there's more than those C type stores, convenience stores just on Manhattan Island. There's, you know, there's, there's 10 times more just in Texas. 100 times there. more, 1,000 yeah. times more. So, yeah, 100%. The reality of the situation is our product does get into places which children are exposed to. So when you sit in these people's offices, and, I'm, we're, and I've, I've been there, I've sat there doing this, trying to show them. This is our product. And then we show a box of Philly grapes or whatever. And, and this is what you're fighting. And we're trying to educate these people that these are not the same products. These don't have the same client base or pool. And these are marketed differently, right? And, and there are three types of reactions we get at that moment. We get a moment of enlightenment by some actual decent politicians who aren't closed-minded and, and say, oh, I never knew that. And they become educated. We get a moment of support where they're already knowledgeable. And then the third reaction is, we don't care. Yeah, why am I here what, listening to you? What you have is tobacco. We don't care how you package it, how you market it. And, and, they, and they, don't even, they don't even try to hide their animosity and disdain. This is how I feel. Get the fuck out of my office, right? So those, yeah. those are the three reactions. But when we're put in those situations, especially with the guys in the moment of enlightenment, because that does happen. I've seen it. Do you not feel that products like these make it more difficult for us to oppose and hold that argument? Because what I, what I released, yeah, sure. Not just what you released, all these types of products, whether you go to pickle juice, you know, this, that. I mean, it's, it's been going on forever. I mean, yeah, I mean, you saw, you, saw, you, you saw the cigar that had a Chinese right, trap on right. it. Right. I mean, right? you know, like, you know, I, I tried to stress it, you know, you are not. You haven't started this trend, and yeah. you're the cause of this trend. But it sounded like in that on. article, it kind of did. The, the, I was well, like the main culprit. I, like I said, I think you were the spark that fueled the fire for that yeah, article. But where was but that spark going on long before? Four years ago. Where was that spark? Like in 2015 when I started the company, going into 2016, the FDA like came out. They, they, started, they, they said they're going to start going towards cigars. I could have said to myself, I'm going to close my company down because the FDA is coming, but I just chose to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I just figured until that goes in stone, I'm going to do what I have in my head. You know, I, I do, I do infrastructure data for the government. I know how the government operates. FDA can sign something tomorrow saying flavor cigars are banned, but it's going to take two years to go into stone. But do I see it coming? Yeah. Is it hard to like, FDA, well, look at this bag. It's got Rocky Road on it. Look at this bag. It's got popsicles in the fucking packaging that look like ice cream bars. Look at this bag. It's or got kids' a TV show characters, or whatever yeah. the culprit yeah. is at a time. But do you feel, but do you feel on some level that takes away from what little argument we have when we're trying to sway people or educate people on on the reality of our part of our part of the tobacco industry? I think the biggest thing that takes like the part of like what we have to fight is when Cretec got their close close cigarette classified as a cigar. No one gave a rat's ass when that happened. That was years ago. You know, so now like your your best $30, $40, whatever David off on your shelf is still considered the same kind of cigar to the government as a close cigarette. 
I think the wording and definitions are wrong. So but, for, I mean, our listeners, for our listeners who not, may not know what you're talking about, um, there was a time and period where there were a lot of, well, first of all, clothes were very, very popular, which was a form of a cigarette. And there were flavored cigarettes at the time, cherry, chocolate. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was actually a big selling part of the business. And um, it just got shut down. Like, that's it. And what I always did find odd was all flavored cigarettes got banned except menthol, which I don't know how menthol wasn't considered a flavor. You know, yeah, it's pretty either. odd. Um, but I, within, I think it was maybe a year. So all the stuff people were buying, like consumers were part of their everyday lives was gone overnight. Sold so out. yeah, you couldn't buy cloves anymore. It was gone. And I think within a year they reconstructed the cigar. So it had homogenized cigar wrapper and whatever. And they became little cigars instead of, um, yeah, I mean, I read, I read everything that's put out and I, I, I've been saying this for over a year. I, I mean, I give props to half because I learned more about what the FDA is doing than the PCA puts out, you know? Normally, it's just a copy of what Charlie writes or, uh, you know, an in-depth look at, you know, and it's just reposted. But, like, I didn't break no laws. I didn't break no rules. That's how I look at it. I just followed what's being sold, you know, like, prime example. I'm in the car yesterday, and I just picked up my daughter from karate practice, right? And I was drinking liquid death sparkling water. My daughter goes, I want some water. So I gave her the can, and my daughter's like, why are you giving me a can of beer? I go, no, it's, it's, it's water. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's marketing one-on-one, you know, what's, what's the point of marketing if you're not going to grab the attention of people? You know, I just feel like I did a really good job at it. I, I didn't brown paper packet and put a sticker on it. Like, you know, I said, it's just, did it get blown out of proportion? Yeah, it, it is what it is. But I, I, I look at bad press as good press and good press is, you know, press. I mean, press is press, right? Yeah. I mean, you, one thing half will did is they brought you to the forefront of everybody's attention. If they had same thing with all the people that shared me, like, uh, you know, like I, I respect Carlito a lot, but Carlito blocked me when I released the nugs. So like someone sent me a screenshot. Hey, you, you shared your, your half will article review, which I mean, you didn't see my press release until you scrolled all the way to the bottom, you know? So am I going to stop eventually when there's a rule, or regulations in place for me not to do it anymore. Yeah, I'm not going to break any packaging laws. But that's coming. Packaging laws are on their way. I mean, we're, we're an industry that pays fees that are going to regulate. We're paying fees going to the FDA to regulate us. So we're eventually killing ourselves slowly. A lot of people don't know that. So here's 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 a couple questions that I have lined up. Do you feel that it's inevitable that we will have generic packaging eventually in this industry? 100%. Okay, if that's the case... Do you feel at all on any level that some of the products you've made, 20 other guys have made, guys who, there are guys in this industry, that's all they make is that kind of product. Do you feel that that those actions will help make that more of a reality or you just feel it's irrelevant? You're asking me if my, if the products are going to make that more reality? I mean, I mean or- it helped the cause of making this actually happen. So my question in essence to you is, say there wasn't any of this to, to, that existed, no, you know, cartoon characters, no, you know, whatever, all this stuff has been made. I, I, I think you're right when it says pouring gas on a fire, but it's still going to come eventually because there are those huge groups that are anti-tobacco. Tobacco is tobacco to people outside of the cigar world. People that don't smoke tobacco will just look at tobacco being bad. So you feel so you feel that regardless if none of this existed, none of this controversy existed, that it's we will eventually end up in generic black and white packaging. 
Yes, because they've had so much success in other countries like Ireland, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, where they where they collect so much tax on it. And why wouldn't they? Government likes to make money in any way possible. So, yeah, it's coming. I mean, do you feel that we as an industry have been ineffective in, in gaining any kind of ground with government regulation? I mean, we have had a couple victories. Yeah, a couple of victories. Yeah, they're great. You know, uh, the stickers was great. Uh, so then my question to you is if there's a 5% chance that we can avoid. Because, I mean, let's face it, none of us. I don't, I don't think I don't think there's half a percent chance we're going to avoid this. Really? That bad? It's coming. It, no matter what. That's the number one thing. Every time I'm overseas, everyone's like, you guys are so lucky that you guys are you get to display your products. You get to do creativity and everything. But it's coming. It, eventually, it's coming. I mean, one day it's going to happen where you're going to have to tincture windows on your cigar store because the public is not going to be able, you know, if you have a humidor with cigars in it on the window and like I want to say in Holland, if a guy walked by and saw cigars in there, they can you can get fined for that. So one day you're going to have to darken your windows to the point where no one can see inside your store because you're a tobacco store. I mean, we've been regular. The regulation is coming. It's just, you know, depending how fast it is. They kind of sidestepped us because they saw vape. They saw how much money's in vape. So they attacked vape at the same time. I mean, my question is, why were we in a bill that came out that included 422 pages of vape regulations that could come in, what, 67 pages for tobacco? There's no, there's no, tobacco industry is a very small industry. There's not the amount of money people think there's in there. You know, government's going to go and get, collect all the money first in other industries and they're going to hit us next. So you want to hear my theory on why I think that generic packaging will be avoidable in this country? Go ahead. My theory is that this is one of the few cases in which big tobaccos helped us. Um, I don't if they go to that kind of packaging for for premium cigars, that packaging will have to exist in cigarettes. And I don't think the cigarette lobbyists will allow that to happen. That's just my layman ignorant, and, and you know, this is not a theoretical or you know anything, but that's just my layman cases. I, I think that after you know 50, 80, 100 years of branding the Marlboro logo or whatever it is, these guys they're aren't not going to let it go to that. They're not going to let it go. They'll pay off. They'll do. They'll dedicate another ten billion to anti-tobacco and quit smoking clubs and whatever and. Of course, which the government will pull for their fair share of those funds, and it won't happen. Um, that's just my belief. You know, I mean, I mean, let's face it, risky. You know better than anybody. Half of what it takes anything is money. Money, one hundred percent. If our, I mean, if R.J. Reynolds wants to donate ten billion to state agencies to help people quit smoking, whatever, politicians are going to find their way to. I, I was at uh, uh, that money. I was at one of the big, big four guys' house, right. And he said, Risty, I donated $250,000 yesterday for our cause. I go, okay. He goes, what happened is uh, someone against our cause donated $2 million the next day. Wow. So where does that 250 go? Nowhere. It just got obliviated. You know, any, any, any talking points or anything you wanted to talk about, the $250,000 was just blown out of the water by $2 million. I mean, that's what a lot of money's going to win. Yeah, that's what a lot of consumers don't realize that the premium cigar business is less than two percent of the whole yeah. industry. It's mm -hmm. less than two percent. There are more yeah. cigarettes sold in an hour, I think, 
than a year in cigars. Probably a year in cigars. I mean, it's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're fighting the best we can, but the writing has been on the wall for a long time. I just read it a little bit different. Like I said, I, I made this cigar because I know it's coming. I didn't want to wake up uh, two years from now and be like, man, fuck, I really wish I made that cigar and see what would happen. And this is this is a proprietary flavor adding method, correct, Risty? Correct, yeah. I own, I own the, it, in the United States, I own a patent for, I mean, you can look it up if you want. Uh, I own a patent for the system and apparatus of enhancing cigars in the United States. Is that is that the same process that you use for the the CBD cigars for nugs? Yes, the CBD ones and the THC ones. Yes. Okay. Just curious, how many patents do you own? Uh, <laughs> I own like I own, I, I own one patent and probably a hundred trademarks. I look at you know people collect Jordans. It's I collect expensive trademarks. keeping those trademarks alive, man. Trademarks it is. I, I just got three emails right now. I got to renew. I'm telling them. you, it's expensive. It's expensive as fuck. I literally got three emails this morning for three of them saying I got to renew. <laughs> You know, it's expensive, man. They, yeah. they find their ways to book their money, man. It's government, you know, but yeah, I own a patent on that, which, you know, I spent really good money on that one, you know, but could the FDA come out and say we ban flavored cigars? Sure. How are they going to ban them or stop importing them, which is going to fall on the importer. They can find the importers and no importers are going to bring your cigar no matter what you pay, you know, unless you want to just drive through Mexico come across the border, you know what I'm saying? Instead of smuggling drugs, now you're smuggling you flavored, smuggling cigars. flavored cigars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, I mean, that package to me looks great. My designer made that and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Never in my mind did I say, holy fuck, that's going to target kids. You know, that package. Well, I guess that's the bad. argument. But here's the thing about that packaging. Someone said it very well. You could literally release a plain paper white bag or not white bag, but white plastic bag like that. And people already know what your product is. You know and how saying? many cigars does that package hold? Five pack, five cigars. That's the only cigar I sell right now off my website. And the reason is because I donate 10% of sales to one of the original nine members of the OG9 who kind of started Ristafari. He passed away uh, just recently. And so 10% of all the money I make on that cigar goes to keep his kids, you know, doing summer sports and so on. That's awesome. Great. And like I said last week on Dojo, if you think I'm targeting kids, those are the three kids I'm targeting with that bag to make them money. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not sure, especially in your case, if, if you know, the argument that that's particularly, you know, targeting kids is really an issue or irrelevant. I just think that it's, it'll be definitely something or. Oh, I get what you're saying. It's going to be products like that will be used to say that we are. Yeah, Whether I mean, right. is, there good, is there a good chance that packaging might be used as an example? Yeah. Yeah. I would just I, say I, I did it better honestly, than everyone else. Honestly, that's a food, right? I see that less marketing to kids who use children characters yeah. as right. part of their brand. That's, 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 that's that, the line to me. That, for me, is blatant marketing to kids. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, but here's the thing. That package... It's probably the only packaging like that that's 100% true. I'm telling you, it tastes like Rocky Road. I delivered you a cigar that tastes like Rocky Road. You know, other people's call it doesn't sound bad. No, I mean, other people do chocolate bar, (laughs) nutty butter, whatever, and you smoke it. Like, uh, there's family members in my family that don't smoke cigars. And when I first released Red Night, a review came out saying it tasted like hints of cherry and so and so. Well, one of my family members was like, well, do you 
do you like roll the tobacco on cherries or like do you rub the cigar with cherries and make it taste like cherries? <laughs> they don't, but they don't smoke at all. So it's just like, right. Is media targeting other people too, you know? I mean, I don't think there's anything in Rocky Road that isn't something that people have not already used in the description of a flavor of a cigar. Correct. Right. It's some chocolate. Tones of marshmallow, nutty right. creaminess. I'm smoking I mean, right now. It's it's all stuff that we've seen written descriptively about how a cigar may taste, you know. So that's why I said, for me, food is not an argument. I don't I don't see Rocky Road marking the kids as. I mean, I, I want to go buy it. Rocky Road is literally my favorite ice cream. So I mean, yeah, it, I, I, I I need to get my hands on some. I have yeah. to try it. Yeah, I would have sent you guys some. I thought you guys were still in the studio, you know. Uh, no, we no, have it's a not studio, so at all, man. channel kicked us out of uh, out of the studio right 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 during COVID when COVID started. No, they, nobody was allowed in their buildings. We couldn't get our equipment for weeks. That sucks. That's why we got. They had to bring equipment. they had to bring our equipment out for us. We weren't allowed to go into the building. They yeah, brought I mean, it out like, to us. You adapt, right? It, you adapt. I mean, we're kind I of mean, look, you adapt, right? This show, I mean, this show is a perfect example of our adaptation. I think I actually believe the quality of the show now is it's better. better. We've yeah. gotten to figure out how to work the system and the stream yard and the technology that our quality is actually better than it was when we were in the studio. Yeah, but when regular, you know, COVID hit, regular shifts came out, you were still open, right? You found a loophole that restaurants were open, and so you considered yourself a restaurant versus cigar lounge, right? Well, we had our fight. We did consider it, and they, they told us we could until they told us we couldn't. They yeah. actually came and kicked everybody out one night and shut us all down and threatened to... I mean, we went through it like everybody else, but we just, yeah. you know, we didn't roll over and die. You know, we yeah. kept swinging. You chose, you chose not to die, right? Yeah, we kept swinging, which is kind of one of my things about fighting the government and regulation is, I, me, philosophically, I don't like to live in a state where I say, yeah, it's inevitable we're going to have plain packaging. I'd just rather be able to fight, and if we lose, at least I know we died trying to fight it the best we could, than just say, fuck it, we're gonna, this is where we're going to end up. You know, I mean, but like I said, once again, I, I, I have like an inner theory that we won't get to that plain packaging point because the, the part of our industry that actually we fight most often will probably be the part that'll protect us from that. I mean, in my opinion, it's coming. It's just what I've seen. It's coming. I just, you know, I, I, I every week there's a new city or state that's banning flavored cigars. I could have just looked at that and said, hey. I'm gonna lose my customer base over there, but I just chose to fight. You know, I I believe in that big middle finger behind me. You know, there are, there are cities now. There are cities now. I know up in the Northeast that are, are banning menthol. Mm -hmm. Which I, oh know. really? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I can't remember if it's New Jersey or Connecticut or uh, Massachusetts. One of those. So how does that work for you, Risty, with a product like this? Then, if you're selling this one direct, to, are, are you selling this to to brick and mortars too, or no? This is just uh, online. Eventually, I will. Yeah, there's there's actually been quite a quite a bit emails and phone calls from brick and mortars that want this cigar. Uh, I'm doing a special release in May with the shop where I'm making. Uh, you guys are gonna fucking hate me when it comes out too. So it's uh, it's like a breakfast blend of five cigars that are flavored that pair very well for your breakfast. You know what I'm saying? But when you see the packaging, I think Charlie might have Article 2. Point something come out. Whenever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what stands me apart. You know what I'm saying? This is, I like to do edgy, edgy shit. And shops like what I do, you know. But yeah, there are there are cigar stores that want it. Uh, once I come out with, like, I want to say five flavors and develop, like, a really nice, like, uh, display for it, 
I'll start going into stores. But right now, my focus is just to raise as much money as I can for that family. You know, so Munchies probably, will be a series of different flavored cigars. That's that's the idea. Munchies will be a, a series of flavored cigars, and there's also going to be a Munchies 2.0, which is going to be flavored with CBD. You're going to have a flavored CBD cigar. So Rocky Road with CBD. So a, a flavored yeah. nugs. Correct. You look like you had a question, Paul. I think I've no. I just I listen. I I I'm one of the proponents of nugs. You know that, Abe. I, yeah. I mean, I was living the nugs life for a long time. I I, you, I very much enjoyed. I prefer the twenty nug? milligram. Yeah, would you smoke yeah. a twenty milligram? Yeah, exactly. Totally would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I I'm one of the few people. I think. I mean, maybe here at least. Like, I I don't hate flavored cigars. You know, I I I like infused cigars. I, there's a time and a place for them, in my opinion. Like. You know, last night Alex and I were were working. I w- I didn't want a flavored cigar last night. Like I felt like hardcore. It was the evening. I wanted a stronger cigar. But yeah, there's there's definitely times when I enjoy a flavored cigar. It, yeah, the mean, fire cured ones be, with the with the flavor. I started be... smoking Tijuana Smalls cherries when I was you know 20 years old or whatever. You Fla- know, whatever flavored age cigars are the gateway to the cigar industry. Yeah. You know, and uh, what Munchies is in a. A couple of people told me this at Ristafari, and uh, one review guy told me this. He's like, you kind of bridge the gap because there's not a cigar that can take a flavored cigar smoker into a premium cigar, and there's not a premium cigar that can take people into, like, try a flavored cigar. Right now, everyone that's smoking munchies right now are hardcore, non-flavored cigar smokers, and they're buying the shit out of them because they, they love how it's subtly enhanced. You know, it's it delivers the tobacco profile. It delivers the profile in the bag that was mentioned. And so it's like a bridge. It's uh, it's going to bring the flavored cigar smoker who really, you know, you're not going to get a guy that smokes a hardcore flavored cigar and jump into an anniversary Padron. You know what I'm saying? They'll kill the guy. So it's kind of a, a bridge, you know. You don't think Acid Brand was a bridge? Well, just just from a from a retail, from managing the store, the only real bridge that I kind of had between the Acid Tatiana guy the only bridge in between was like Baccarat because it was like slightly less. It's just tip that. So really, there's not a, a lot of bridge options between this straight to, you know, a yeah, regular I'm, cigar. I'm not I'm, I'm not a sweet kept cigar maker. But that was the only kind of bridge I, between I, 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 flavored I and then yeah. like sweet cap. There was there was no, you know. But what goes into flavored cigars right now? Flavored cigars right now are made by. Fuck, I got a pile of that tobacco I can't use in my core blend, so let's just flavor the shit out of it, put it out. Not waste product. You can't smoke five, you can't smoke five flavored cigars in a day. You wouldn't enjoy it. The next day you'd be, you know, it would suck waking up. You, I mean, one guy told me he's like, I'm trying to figure out why I shouldn't smoke the rest of his bag today that I sent him. You know. It's different. And everyone that smokes it always tells me everything about hate is. Everything I hate about flavored cigars is not in this cigar. But the packaging caused a lot of people in the uproar. I guess what it is. So <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm known for doing that. Well, I mean, do I you think I, if you had put it in a regular box, none of this would have happened? Or do you think you would still catch flack because it's a flavored cigar, flavored with the flavor that it is? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, what caused me to put it in a bag is all the logistics nightmares we have right now. I'm, getting stuff overseas and you know, that bag is made in the United States. It, it was turnaround time was if I put in a box, if I ordered my boxes 
know, a month and a half ago, I wouldn't have got them until September versus mm-hmm. I ordered this and printed it and I got it in 10 days, you know? So I don't, I don't know what would have happened. I mean, the box would have looked badass. I'll tell you that. It probably would have looked like a, a box of, you know, ice cream, you know, box or something like that. <laughs> right. or something. But I, I, I just made a packaging that delivers. You read my bag and it says Rocky Road and you're going to be like, wow, it tastes like Rocky Road. I, I really am enjoying the show because this is what our industry should have more of, right? Yeah, they, we should have more of this, but just dialogue. We, we, Everybody we, has such a hissy fit. Yes. Yeah, people get pissed off. They they yeah they they bash people on social Everybody media. They whatever. And you know, and look, I, I'm part. You know, it depresses me to say it, but like I'm part of like the old regime, right? Right. I mean, like I, I was the new guy in the industry, and now I'm part of this old legacy. Mm-hmm of people in the industry and hopefully i'm part of the old legacy down the line too yes i mean god willing and there there is this you know i I don't know why there's not more of a connectivity with the younger generation of the cigar group where dialogue like this can happen because i think risty like a few other people they just feel like they're the outside guys looking in and if you come from that perspective then you know, you're going to do what you're going to do without ever feeling like you're, do you feel like you're not part of the industry? I mean, that's, that's, that's basically the question I'm asking you. Do you ever have a great question that you're not really part of the cigar industry? Uh, some days, but then those are the days I choose because like I said, I mean, I walk my own path. I know? understand, but see that that's where for me, I think it's bad for us. A guy like you should not ever feel like he's not part of the industry. You could be part of the industry and choose your own path. God knows I've done it many mm-hmm. times, right? I mean, it's, it's it, but I think there's a lot of companies who have that feeling, and and I, I don't think it's healthy for us as an industry. And I think there needs to be well, one, you know, one of the, the best. PCA, the PCA is not really a, a a a a ground for these type of discussions. You know, during a trade show, you know, I think this industry should have a retreat, maybe a two or three day retreat annually and invite everybody where dialogues like this can actually happen once a year and talk where input from guys just in the business for three or four or five years for a hundred years can share and express their views and, and, and some commonality and and some maybe better understanding of long-term play is because, you know, People have a different mindset. And let's just be real. Most of these guys are in industry three to five years. They're thinking about today, tomorrow, right? Yeah, they're thinking about uh, next week's paycheck. Yeah, they want to feed their kids. They want to, you know, uh, but, you know, these guys, they're thinking for great-grandchildren, some of these companies. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. they're definitely looking way further down the road in, 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 in what their plays are and makes the decision-making process. And I've kind of had this talk with Alex because when you deal with some of these companies like a Padron or Fuente, every de- like I make 100 decisions a day. But for these guys, every decision is a legacy decision. It's like the thought of how is this going to affect my grandchildren and great-grandchildren who are going to be in this industry? How is it going to affect them? I can't imagine making decisions like that on a day-to-day basis. You know, but they do. And that's why sometimes they're not the most innovative because innovation is also scary because you're building on 100 years plus of reputation and you're thinking 100 years forward. So... I don't know. I think right. the annual. I, think I, I agree. There should be like a gathering of that, but what I see from a gathering like that would be I can state what I want to do or like what 
Willikers has said at industry roundtable. Yeah. I can just see what I want to say, just get passed along and be like, you know, the big, the big guys, you know, the guys who are doing 20, 30 million cigars a year is like, nah, that's not going to work. We're not going to let you do that. So like it, people are saying we should self-regulate, but then like, whose idea and methodology should we like self-regulate on? But you know, Risty, here's the problem. Any great concept, idea or anything begins with discussion. Right. I mean, nothing's yeah. ever going to happen if we can't get together and, and just talk. Yeah, but you know? we know we know how I this industry. I didn't. Know. I didn't necessarily agree with everything you've said on the show today. Yeah, but I can respect which is it. fine. But I can I respect I, it. Yeah, you don't you know? hate me more, do you? No, I don't exactly. hate. I don't hate you at all. <laughs> but that's the problem. Like a lot of people, like we've come to the point in life with technology is like, oh, I don't like his viewpoints. He's a great guy, but now I fucking hate him. But people can't sit down and have this discussion because we're. People are just washed not to have this discussion. Like, well, that's the problem. I, eventually, it's something I'd like to see breaking through because, like, if you're conscious enough to understand that, okay, the way I think, because I'm thinking for 100 years down the road, and the way yeah. a guy, a smaller guy might think, is it going to be the same? If you could acknowledge that difference in day-to-day -day operating and what your, what your short-term goals are as a company, then there's hope of maybe finding some commonality. If we don't acknowledge that difference, then we just continue, like you said, we just end up hating people and closing doors and none of anybody in this talks. And I, I just think, I think as an industry, we could do way more united. Yeah, we can. But we, should, we, should, we should start all like five, six years ago. All, uh, probably 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, but when the FDA started getting serious in like 2016, we should have, you know, hey, we're in six months, everyone flying, we're having a discussion, a conference, and how we're going to tackle this together. One great interview someone said, and this was uh, two years ago, and you know, this guy does 12 to 15 million cigars a year. He donates. But then he said, he's like, I donate so much money where I still can't sit in on those meetings with other guys. So is there is there like a, a cash level or something to get certain answers questions? I don't know. But I mean, mm -hmm. I, think, I think the key to it would be the proper moderator, right? Yeah. Somebody detached has to moderate an event like this. Every, for, every form of this industry should come together and decide how we should regulate each other versus someone's imaginary line that supposedly I crossed. And, 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 but, I, but once again, if we don't talk, there's no hope of it ever happening. So, I mean... But we don't talk. I mean, more people bashed me two weeks ago versus anything else I did. I agree. I mean, I, one person said, I'm not... If you're in the cigar industry and you love it, you should read this article and not, not support this brand. I've never said anything about that brand. You know what I'm saying? Which I find immensely odd because... You know, people, I don't know why people sometimes just don't think further, you know, and you could ask Alex, because I'll think about this all the time, whether it's my employees or other business. This is a guy who's trying to feed his family and make a living. If you don't, you don't like it, don't buy his shit. But who made you the promotional uh, lobbyist and guy to start a crusade? I mean, I don't understand that. And, and I think that's the problem where discussions break down is no one ever really steps back far enough to try to truly understand somebody else's position on something. You know, yeah. that, that's 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 where I think the problem is. But, you know, who yeah. knows? Maybe this show, maybe this discussion will lead to something. Maybe someone from the PCA or somebody will hear this and say, maybe it's not a bad idea that we do this. Because yeah. I, I don't think it's healthy when guys like you or guys at your level, because I'm sure it's more common than people realize is you don't feel like you're part of the industry. You know, how can this ever, industry ever be whole if you guys, guys, if we have people out there who don't feel at times I they mean, belong like in this industry? After that article, I feel like I was targeted not to be part of this. Like, okay, so that fucked the FDA sign, right? 
So PCA happened about NUX, right? So TPE called me, the, the TPE show after the NUX thing happened, right? And that's when I released Fuck the FDA. And I was going to release Fuck the FDA at TPE. Uh, the president of TPE or one of the people at the board called me. He's like, hey, we got a, a bunch of phone calls from a lot of brand owners and industry guys and also their lawyers that they do not want you at the show. I go, okay, so why? And they're like, well, because the FDA is like five or six booths from you. And you're releasing a cigar that said, fuck the FDA. Now, I kind of, <laughs> I, I respect TPE on their answer they gave me. I asked them, so am I allowed to come to the show? They said, yes, you're a paying member. You can do whatever you want. It was kind of different at PCA. I was given a set of rules I had to follow to be at the show. Mind you, this was five days before PCA. I already shipped all my cigars. Right. A lot of money. I already, I hired Everything a truck. I hired a truck to sit outside in the parking lot in an air-conditioned environment so my samples and my cigars were not dried out. They were unsensitive mm -hmm. to your situation. They didn't give a shit about my situation. Right. It was, hey, you have to do this or you're not allowed. You can't, right. You can't do this. You can't do, right. And, right. Wait, and, five too, days and, wait, and wait too late in the game. So my money that I paid to be a member, I'm not bashing the PCA. This is all facts. I was told pretty much, I don't care what you pay in your fees or, or whatever, this is what you have to do. At that point, I wasn't looked at a paying customer or whatever. You have to do this or you can't come to our show. I already shipped everything out. I, I spent thousands of dollars to get all my stuff there. So now I, what, I, I had to conform to it because what am I gonna do? Just say, fuck you and send all my shit back, pay another five, six grand, you know, take a 10,000 loss before a show on the floor, you know? I chose to go that route, which it helped me out in sales. I, I, I sold a fuck ton of nugs that month and the next month and so on. But I was given a set of rules and I followed them. If the FDA comes out with a set of rules, I'll follow them. TPE said, do whatever you want. I chose not to fly that banner that said, fuck the FDA, which I knew they would see every day walking past my booth. But I had people come and buy that cigar that said fuck the fda and said i love which i love the voice you're putting out there through your branding you know that cigar came out I, I won a packaging award for that cigar i was number five the only packaging of 10 cigars against all boxes you know where was the outlash on that you know what where who, who awarded you that half wheel no way yeah I got, oh, I think, that's kind of ironic <laughs> It, I, I didn't know I was going to win it either. But what it was, was I took uh, the 499 pages they sent out to every brand and every, you know, every, anyone involved in the FDA. I took the cover letter. And that cover letter and fuck the FDA is what I got. And I said, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? You got to rip the regulations to open a cigar. I said, fuck the FDA, which is eating my logo on a band and a bunch of middle fingers around it. I got a packaging award for that. So I got congratulated for, for poking the bear this that time versus this time. Is it oxymoron or no? A little bit. You know, so it's just like. Dr. Gabby Cathy has an interesting comment. What's OT mean? I mean, all I know is I'm know. not sure what's fucked up about the conversation. I don't know. I, I met him in Germany for the first time for a few minutes. You know, really nice guy. Smart. Very smart. Very underrated in the cigar industry as far as the knowledge and everything. Cathy's a really smart fucking dude, you know. That I, 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 yeah, doctor, I watched that show you had last week on him a couple days ago. The whole mm -hmm. thing, I, very educational. 
Like, he knows what he's talking about. So, like, how he said he got invited to come to these boards, you know, I do all my, I do all my own FDA paperwork. I do all my regulations. I never got invited to it. But, like, I, got a resp- I was one of the first ones to get a response in the cigar industry where a guy, a huge, I would say the top six, called me. He was like, what did that letter say the FDA sent you? They, they, their lawyers knew I got the first response from the FDA. I did my own paperwork. I chose to give that paperwork to the PCA and it was showed to everyone else. You know, and when I went overseas, like, oh, that was your document. That document helped the cigar industry more than anyone can think. Because we had finally a basis of what to stand on and show the business overreach that FDA was doing to everyone. They finally came out with those 12 rules or testing parameters that we had to follow. And those testing parameters were outrageous because they wanted us to follow the testing parameters of cigarettes. Which it doesn't, doesn't apply. Huh? It didn't, it didn't apply as well. It didn't apply well, but if you look at the definition of cigar at the time, the definition of a cigarette and a cigar, the only difference is the cylindrical size of the, the product. A cigarette at that time was still considered a cigar. The only difference was it was just a smaller portion of tobacco in it. This has been a pretty heavy uh, KMA episode this week. Talked about a lot of topics. But this, this is stuff people in the industry don't like talk about. Customers don't know. I mean, right now it's just like, well, this guy released a Rocky Road and so-and-so said I'm a fucking asshole and you should not smoke your shit no more. That's what they look I, I at. Think, I think that's a problem that's often in this industry is consumers will jump to react and, they, and most of them really don't understand the inner dynamics of any situation yeah. within this right. industry, whether it's a price increase, whether it's a shift in this. I mean, we there's, get it all. There's going to be all the time just in our little mic, microverse of smoke in about people who comment without understanding what. Here's, a, here's the only negative thing I see about your uh, cigar round table. And we know, and you know how this industry runs. If I sit down and say this is what I'm doing for the next year, what's stopping so and so brand to do what I want to do in one month, because they have the capital, versus me right. coming out in six seven months? Well, so that, that, and that's think, happening. I don't, think, I don't think any roundtable should discuss marketing plans or releases. I think it's more of a, just a philosophical, you know, of how we want to move forward as an industry as a whole. I don't, I, I ain't going and telling them what I'm doing over the next two. What, you know, year or two. So yeah, I, no, don't think, I, I don't think that's the purpose of a real round table, right? I don't so, think the industry's a whole at the point. So we got to get as a whole together before we even talk about it. It's just, no one calls me and be like, Hey, what are you doing? Or Hey, what's in your mind? Or what do you think? About this I, I don't on? think it's about what you're doing. I just think it's about how do we want to approach problems that we face as a whole, whether you're small, medium or big. And, you know, there's a lot of people and I saw a comment in there. Oh, the big are trying to stamp it. It doesn't always work that way. There are a lot of bigs that do work with smaller guys. And anytime you see any one of these big companies do a joint project with a boutique manufacturer, that's them working with the small guys. I'm a firm, I'd rather be positive than negative. I'm a firm believer that there's hope. I'm a firm believer that anything is possible if you really try. I'll tell you what I do know is nothing is possible if you don't try. So if you want to sit here and, and, Tell me the hundred different ways why some things work. Well, then it's not going to work. Here, here's I, my question to the I'd PCA. rather focus on the two percent chance I might have to try to make something positive happen. Here's my question to the PCA, and this is this is a fact. The regulations were coming out. We had to start applying for applications, right? Where was the template? Where was the template we should all follow as an industry as a whole? And because I got a lot of shit because I, I do my own. I did all my European stuff. I got more help from people in Europe, businesses where I actually got a template how to apply for the EU regulations in Europe. Follow this and you should be good. That never happened in the United States or in the US. 
it was, hey, you're on your own. Figure the fuck out. All right. That's well, what I don't get. That pretty much takes up our time for discussing all this stuff. We're gonna we're gonna end the show on a lighter note. We're gonna hit. Did you, uh, did you announce a special yet, Abe? No, bro. We were so in deep. No. In Go ahead and do it. We were so deep in conversation. I it slipped my mind. Go ahead, Alex. One before we hit that. Sure. So, okay, absolutely. So through the weekend, in honor of having Risty on our show, you can use code JSK15 to save 15% on all JSK products on the site. There you go. There you go. And then a runner raffle. Whoever buys my stuff from Abe, run a raffle. Whoever you pick, I'll send him a bag of munchies on me. Well, there you have there it. You hey. so, Risty just made more work for me. Easy work, but yeah. there you go. <laughs> If you if you're watching the show now or catch it over the weekend, go use the promo code JSK15. Save fifteen percent off any of his product. Monday we'll draw the names and we'll do a random raffle. You have until midnight Sunday night to get in the raffle, and then uh, he will. Uh, midnight Monday. I'll ship you something next week when they come in. I sold out of them. They I mean they sold out. I couldn't believe how fast they sold out. Beautiful. All right. I saw. I was just looking on the site. All right, closing out. Don't go anywhere, folks, because I got a big teaser coming up at the end of the show. So if you're thinking about checking out now, don't do it. Trust me. So um, stay till the very end. Uh, we have a very special edition since uh, William Cooper is with us. A very special edition of Tale of Tape uh, with uh, the four of us, and we're going to get Risky's input. We're going to start off with this special edition of Tale of Tape right now. You know, I just thought of something watching that. So it, it's season four, which they're Coop and Alex are doing mascots. But we do this kind of often when something drops off. And I thought about doing? that too. We need one for a generic. We need a generic special, special edition. Tale special edition. edition one. Yes. So the topic is best. I don't know. We didn't specify potato, did we? Chip. I the think we chip. did. Did we? I can't remember because we, we set this up. A I mean, while. is really is is a potato really in a lot of chips these days? That's what, yeah, Rissy and I were arguing that before the show. Or you like, think Lay's is still a big company. Okay. Like, one, okay, one. Ruffles. It, it's more than you think. I, I, listen, I'm with you. The most creative ones aren't the potato chips. Yeah. You know? it's, it's just styrofoam flavored. But it, mine is totally styrofoam. So, <laughs> so let's, let's, you want me to start? I'll start. So, my, yeah, favorite, go ahead. I think my uh, most underrated and favorite chip is Munchos. All right. Oh, look, two two for a dollar. Let me tell you something. Two for a dollar. It looks like a Swisher Sweet two for a dollar. I don't know. It's the oil and grease <laughs> on them. I don't know. It's the light texture, man. But you could eat a bag of these like nothing. I'm not a potato chip guy. Yeah. Um, but this is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, oddly enough, not easily found, not everywhere. If you haven't come across a bag of these and you're a potato chip person, highly recommend you get yourself a bag of munchos. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I have a passion for this potato chip company, even though they got bought up by a big company. But uh, I love the Cape Cod potato chips. I went to the factory. I was so enamored with them, actually. But uh, the kettle cooked ones are my favorite. And actually, this is going to sound weird, but the reduced fat ones, I feel are crispier. So I, if I see like the reduced fat ones and these, I'll grab the reduced fat ones. And I, I don't think there's much of a taste difference, but 
I don't do anything. I'm just with saying they, they're crispier. Especially potato chips. <laughs> I mean, about the potato. Chips. I mean, your grandma's potato chip because you want to be a fat fuck, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> All right. So I, I went. I went with hers. Old Bay potato chips. Number one, it's hers. Legendary company, and it's Old Bay. What doesn't All taste right. better with Old Bay? I, mean, I haven't had those, so now I have so, to. Find so them. down here, you probably can only find them in Wawa. Wawa is the only place I think. Really? So. <laughs> I yeah. Wawa all the time. All right, I'm gonna have to get it back. Yeah. Here. So I, I, but, again, but hers you know, has some great. Hers has some great do, potato chip I mean, flavors. Listen, they have the ketchup day. flavor that's delicious. How about Risty? What's your favorite? I like flaming hot Cheetos. It's I love them. They're great, but the experience of cleaning your hands afterwards is even better. Oh, it's, 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 I, I see, well, they'll come sometimes we buy the giant bags for, for, for my uh -huh. son for school. And that's one that I just got to, you just got to pour it in your mouth. I don't need yeah, to go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Going in, it's, it's all, you have to, because your, your hands are, your hands are red all day. If, if you all day, normally. all day. Yeah, I like that. Right. Nice. I have Coop's pick as well, which oh, I want, I wonder if anyone has ever seen it. Let's put it up there. What is that? Charles Chips. Charles, Charles Chips. That is a William Cooper pick if I ever seen one. Absolutely. A thousand percent. What the hell what are these? That? I, I, I meant that, to that Google. Looks like, that looks like his song picks, too. Juan Lopez. Funyuns, my number two. I see. Funyuns, Funyuns was my second. He, he, I yeah. Risty was torn. Funyuns is my number two, man. It's right up there with yeah, Munch. Funyuns are great. In fact, I might have went with yeah, Munch. No, they, they asked me before the show. Trip. Yeah, I don't even know what Funyuns is. is. Is that potato? Is that some form of potato? I don't even yeah. know. No, it's Styro, onions. Styrofoam. Well, it's supposed to be yeah, onions. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's no real onions in out, it. If Honestly, if we were branching out like we just did, I, I almost might have went Andy Cap Hot Fries, too. Andy Cap Hot Fries, classic. classic. Abe loves them. I love them, too. But you know what I go to more than anything if we're just talking like chips? or I love Cheez-Its. I'll grab Cheez-Its Cheez any day of the week, any time of night. Oh, Never so been my, a cheez my son is uh, my son is heavy bugles and cheeses. Like bugles, you can, oh, bugles. And he's put them on your fingers. And bugles, yeah, all day. Bugles are good. I love them. Bugles right. are great. Before we have some epic news, little teas coming up at the end of our show, we're going to go into our final segment, our newest segment, oh. replaced uh, a sane asylum this week. This is Would You Rather. Lopez, I know Juan Lopez has been on all show. I hope he stuck around this Saturday. He's he's one yeah, of the industry guys. I love meeting on the road. Oh yeah, it's a great time with Juan uh, Lopez. Once I was gonna I say have... he's got to be fun. He's got to. Oh, yeah. He's just an all around great guy, though. hundred percent. I have to thank Juan for being the model for that intro for us. Absolutely. So <laughs> he so, happily did it. Bro. <laughs> this segment of Would You Rather has been brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. We ask you three questions, Christine. You just have to answer them very simply. Which one you'd rather do? Ready? Here we go. Would you rather wear the same socks for a month or the same underwear for a week? Oh, are you asking Ooh. me? Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Socks. Really? 
I'm a, I'm a big, me too, I, man. I, I don't know. I, 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 same I, sweat, underwear I, for a week. I sweat when I sleep, bro. I'm a big dude. I don't know. I, agree. I just you know I can't deal with like wet socks and you sweat. Uh, I mean, yeah, know. wet socks suck. But you want you want wet underwear or wet socks? If I, if I'm gonna be rank, I'd rather my feet be ranked yeah. than my crotch. Dude. You can hide them. You can hide them with your shoes. You, can, you don't agree. have to take your shoes off. All right. Question number two: Would you rather have a pause or a, re a rewind button in life? <sighs> I have to pick one. That's the name of the game. Would you rather? Pause. Why did you say that? Uh, I kind of everything I do is kind of like what I want to do. I don't. I don't like. Uh, I don't. I have no regrets in life. So a pause button. Okay. Pause button. We See, my argument in my head was my argument in my head was like when you pause it, you get that moment to like enjoy what just happened. Let's say, or if you rewind it, you can relive that same experience over and over again. I think most people that choose a rewind want to change it. You could change it. Oh, okay. I don't think anyone's going to no, rewind it. I, okay. Listen, I mean, looking at it that way. I don't know. If you've been in a car if you had it, If you had a rewind button, you could have took Luca off that teaser. Yeah, he fucked me last <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. Final question in our Would You Rather segment brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Would you rather be forced to live the same day over and over again for a full year or take three years off the end of your life? It depends on the day. You can answer it either way based on whatever you want. I'll take three years three years off my life. Off the end of your life. Yeah, wow. we've all seen we've all seen Groundhog Day and he hated his life. Right. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's I mean, fair too, because I don't know what that three years is. You know, do I got another thirty? All right, I only got twenty seven, or do I got another five and now I only got two? I don't know. But, I can't but answer I'm, that. But, so. I'm, but I'm also saying the three years at the end of your life, probably your, your diapers are yeah, you know, if, if yeah probably not great anyway. If yeah, I had a diaper and a vegetable, roll me off a cliff or something. Uh, right. I mean, right. listen, you know, if I got to take uh, a Saturday where Marissa's going to pick up a shift at Carabas and I got to watch the two kids for ten hours for a year straight, I'll take the fucking three years. All day long, because <laughs> yeah. it's taken at least three years off the end of my life anyway. I agree with that 100%, right. man. Yeah. All right. In our closing segment, we got a couple news for everybody. One, also, make sure you follow KMA Talk Radio Smoking Cigars on social media. Mm -hmm. Join our Smoking Social Facebook group. If you haven't done it already, trust me, it's a great place to be. Next week on Smoking Social, we're going to announce the 10 winners from the Great Smoke. We'll have the opportunity to buy the 2021 TGS edition Opus X green box, probably the number one sought after unicorn. Uh, a couple other big things next week. One other big thing next week. I believe sometime next week, I don't have the exact date, we will officially be taking pre orders for the beef stick edition of the Red Meat Lovers Club. So uh, it worked out very well for us last year. Nobody crashed the site. Anybody who wanted the cigar got it. It was nice. All they had to do was put a $25 deposit down. We're actually going to streamline how you could conclude the transaction at the end of the year make it very very simple make sure we make everybody happy that news will be going up and then the other little tidbit i have for you is news will be coming out very soon on this oh so no. this our 25th anniversary cigar by drew estate is finally here ah. All the there's gonna be some very cool and very special stuff going on regarding the cigars and that's going to drop out soon so please if you haven't followed us follow us on social media join our smoking social group next week man we haven't had this guy in the show for a while It'll be interesting to see what he's got to say about a lot of things going on 
George Rico um, of Grand Habano Cigars. So that's going to be interesting. Risty, thank you for joining us. Uh, hey, congrats on your 25 years, man. Thank you, brother. It was actually supposed to be last year, and we got pushed during a couple other things. But you, you took a pause, so it's all we good. Took a pause, took but do um, <laughs> you hit the pause button? Don't forget JSK 15, 15% off all JSK products through the weekend. And Risty threw in a raffle of some Rocky yeah, And thank you for having me on the show. And we, this was scheduled before the whole article came out so everyone can understand. This was yeah, it was just yeah this was not timing. let's jump and get Risty on the show because there's controversy. No, it was actually very, very cool. And we're glad to have you on. And uh, we hope if you joined us this Saturday morning, we taught you a little, entertained you a little, and you had a lot of fun. Until next week, everybody. Keep it lit.